leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did Bill WD40 to lube us up for tonight's show. And uh, Jorgen Johansson, he's wearing uh, Kent Nielsen's old number 15. Yeah, he is from... Patea, Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if there's a place, but I just made it up. Ray Finn, nice to have you here. Miss Anonymous, thank you for coming on in. Hey, D. Cohen, thank you so much for that super chat, my man. Really do appreciate you, my friend. And uh, thank you so, so much. Where are we here? Pixie Lara, hope you're feeling better. Robo, good to have you here. TMI. And Tim Mothman, DAY song, welcome to the show. And where are we here? Let's scroll on down. Oh, my jump. Nancy Thames, welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, The Wild Amy WC, nice to see you. Hi, Marlena. Thanks for coming on in. And uh, who else do we have here? Nightgazer, it's been a while. Thanks for coming on in. And I think we are Felipe, Mr. Cowley. Welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley loves his spaced out radio. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. A power show of woo tonight. One of our favorites, Varla Ventura, who will be attending our Vegas fan party in May at the Golden Nugget, May 19th through 21st. She is here for our cryptid world for her monthly feature here. We're glad to have Varla back. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp and then a special occasion. My good friend Robin McRae will be filling in for Super Duke on the cryptid report. I love Robin. It's her first appearance of 2023, and I'm just so, so pumped up for that. All right, let's get right to it. Accomplished author and researcher Varla Ventura comes in once a month for our cryptid world. Now, Varla isn't a stranger to most of our regular listeners, but if you're new, well, we call her the queen of the cryptids for a reason. Yes, she is up to date when it comes to all things dark and ghoulish. 
Ghoulish, a word we do not use enough on this show, but here we are. And you know what? It says something about her persona when she allows her son to be a hockey goaltender. Yeah, I, I, I never understood those type of parents, but apparently Varla allows her son to get hit by 60, 70 mile an hour freezing pucks. Who does that to their child? I don't know. I Like, I've been around hockey my entire life, and I would never appreciate my son doing that. But you know what? The main thing is the boy is having fun, and yeah. Varla's books can be found in any major bookstore, her website, varlaventura.net. I love it when she comes on in. Varla, it is so good to have you back in 2023. Welcome back to SOR. Oh, yeah. First appearance of the new year. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure to have you here. How was your new year going into 2023? It was It was great. It was great. I had an awesome, just very intimate evening with just a few people and a few kids over here and way too much to drink, you know, perfect, really (laughs) nothing to do the next day. How much are you looking forward to attending our Las Vegas event where (laughs) where you are going to get to meet all all of our listeners? Yeah, I'm, I am going to book my room. I, I I highly recommend people book their rooms soon because rates are only going up. Um, I'm very excited. I, there's so many names and it'll be strange and, um, surreal to put names to faces of people who show up, but also to actually, I mean, I feel like Dave and I are old, old friends and have spent years together, but we have actually never met I in know. real life, which is so weird, but so that'll be that's what it's all about, right? Actually connecting with people that you otherwise only see virtually. I know. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got to show you this. So for our, oh, ring, for our a tattoo? I, <laughs> I, no, Var, Varla and I are getting matching tattoos in Las Vegas. That we are. Yeah. I actually yeah. opened up the mail today, and I had a beautiful package sent to me by one of our listeners, Michael Leger. The Michael Leger. And, and it came in this giant box and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what the heck? He's a wood carver. Okay. Oh. And Michael, about a year ago, out of nowhere, carved me a spaced out radio gnome and it has SOR on it. The gnome looks like me with a big white Santa Claus beard and it's holding a microphone. So... He he said, Dave, I got something for you. And I was like, he goes, I need your address. I lost it. So I send him my address again. And and lo and behold, in my mail today, and it's heavy. And it's one piece. He, <gasps> he carved me the face of a Sasquatch. That's amazing. Like this, I am absolutely blown away by this. Like, literally, I actually had, and I'll admit this, I had a few tears in my eyes. I was like, going to say, did you cry? Because, like, yeah, who, that's incredible. Like, Look at the fur. I know. And it is all hand-carved, and he, he put an amazing message on the back. I will read it. He goes, to the captain, all the best in 23. Thank you for all you've done for ufology, Michael Leger. And, I mean, this oh, is just, you. you know... 
I'm glad I'm hiding I'm, right now. Are you now. hiding behind it right now? Because yes. you're, you're getting kind of. Yes. Yeah. That's a pretty remarkable gift. What people don't know about me, Varla, is I'm a very emotional person. And I think we know that about you, actually. Well, <laughs> well you, you know what? I I rarely feel that I deserve good things. It's part of my depression, Aww. part of my anxiety that I suffer from. And I'm very open about suffering from depression and anxiety. And I wish more people, especially men, would open up to that. Because we need more communication in this world. And a lot of times when I, when I open up the mail and I get something from one of our listeners that they've put their heart and soul because they care and they want to show appreciation, it, it completely melts my heart. It, yeah. it really does because I, I, I don't think I do anything special. You know, I, I, I'm just a guy who, know, who knows how to talk on a microphone and every now and again I throw in some hockey lingo. You know, but, but this, this is beyond the scope of, of wow. And, uh, I've, I've got pictures on my social media about it. So if you're listening in radio land or podcast land and you want to see, I, I got it on my personal Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. I got pictures of it on my Facebook and our Twitter at spaced out radio. But this Michael, I, from the bottom of my heart, Honestly, thank you so, so much. I don't know what I did to deserve something so beautiful, but this is, it's absolutely incredible. It's like the detail. I mean, he's even like, if you look up right at the eyes, okay, you can see like he's put like detail in and like wrinkles and lines in there that show some sort of emotion. Like I'm blown away. I am just blown the heck away by this, and I love it, and wow, just wow. I, I just, I'll tell you what you've done to deserve that, <laughs> if I may. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you've created an entire community that people feel safe, and they feel like they can share their stories that other people laugh at. Um, that they can be in the community of like-minded individuals who stay up late at night and um, like weird things. And that's, that's not to be under, you know, don't undersell that because, you know, there are other shows that talk about things like that, but you have, and I've said this from the first time I came on your show, your, your audience and your, um, the interaction between the people who, you know, watch or listen to your show, the comments that they make, people are so engaged and they're all lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it 
might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Also so very kind because they have this understanding and it's a template that you set. It's a vibe that you create, that it's a, um, a safe place to be who you really are. And that is a very rare thing. So, you know, in my mind, you deserve a million Sasquatch carvings and other wonderful things. But I think everyone agrees with, with me there. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. I mean, it's it's awesome, and it's it's not like other shows, so it, it really isn't. I, I've listened, as you know, I've I've been doing this for years. I've been on a lot of shows, um, big coast to coast ones and teeny little ones, and um, I've never felt any connection with the people listening um, than I have, you know, and you've just got so many regulars, you know, that just, they they tune in every night just to hear what you have to say and to hear what, they, you know, the discourse in the chat and things like that. And, and in a very, I, I wouldn't say it's always positive. I think there gets, there's some real comments in there that may or may not like, you know, people are being honest, but I, it's very respectful. And that is, um, and I'll tell you what, as a, as a woman appearing on shows like this, especially where there's a video component, it's, it's actually always really refreshing to know that the chat is moderated. And I, I shouldn't say only women experience that, but I have found that to be a problem throughout my career um, just because people are jerks and they think that if it's a woman, they can say whatever they want. So I, you know, to me, that's really, a, that's why I keep coming back. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's get into some monsters here before I have a, a an emotional a complete meltdown. Break. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Before you break down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Quite the start. Thanks, Michael Leger. Appreciate it, buddy. I really do. And it's going to sit right there. Crying right Dave there. open. Oh. <laughs> All right. You have some real special research that you've got into. We're going to get into that at the bottom of the hour because you wanted to really talk about something weird and strange that you've been studying. But we have, since you were last on, we have a brand new radio station in Vernal, Utah, uh, X94, Channel X94. And so we've opened up more listeners to spaced out radio on the terrestrial side. And you know what? They're going to be wondering, who is this Varla Ventura lady? You know, how did you get involved with this? How did you become so in love with the topics of the paranormal, supernatural, and dark side of the cryptids? Yeah, I just, I was raised, um, I was raised with them, I guess, really. That's the short answer. Um, some some people were raised going to um, to church with their parents. Other people were raised to you know take long walks in in nature. Um, some of us had you know all of those things. But for me, I was exposed to the dark side of the cryptids, um, witchery, uh, magic, the tarot, the occult arts, all of those things. 
since I, I mean, honestly, my mom did a, a, a horoscope for me when I was born. It's the first entry in my baby book. So because of that kind of very early exposure to what I call the occult arts, um, I just have always felt really comfortable in, um, you know, in the dark of night, in cemeteries, in um, finding out about monsters and scary things and, you know, reading terrifying stories far too young and watching horror movies far too young. <laughs> things that I cannot get away with as a parent now. But um, yeah, just I, I think I just kind of always had a... a I was the kid that always liked the villain. I always, I want, always, it's probably like a, some kind of like really messed up thing in my own head of like, you know, liking the bad guy or whatever. But I, I always did find the, the, the villain to be particularly appealing, not necessarily attractive, but just appealing. I wanted to know more about, about the, the villain or the bad guy in, in all the movies um, and less about the good guy. So no, probably just a pirate at heart. <laughs> you've got a number. You've got a number of successful books out, and you know, in this field, in this state of self-publishing, you actually have a publisher. You have somebody who, you know, actually says, "Hey, we want to pay you for these books that you're writing there, <laughs> and we're going to pay you millions upon millions of dollars." Yes, you know, so much money. I mean, that's why you allow your child to play hockey, or at least a goaltender. Millions, but yeah. But you know the idea behind it is, you know, you get you're one of the very few people out there who truly gets to do what you love, and you know you love this subject. You're very passionate about this subject, and your writing really carries over with that passion that you have. I mean, could you ever see yourself doing anything different outside of this field? Well, I. I can't imagine being anything other than a writer. I actually have been many other things. You know, I sold flowers at a gas station and, you know, cleaned rooms and waited tables and tended bar and, you know, rang up groceries, done everything um, that I, that I could um, before I actually was able to start taking my writing life seriously. And it's, you know, it's, it's always a hustle. You're, you're constantly having to promote yourself, come up with a new idea, try and get somebody to take that idea. Um, and I do a lot of side gigs like editing and helping other people develop their, their, um, writing because I, I love it. And I, I actually really enjoy that as well. But, um, I mean, I just feel like, you know, I have a very, very good friend. It's his birthday today, actually. I call him Pirate Chris. And I I remember when I met him, he was one of the only people I'd ever met in my life that was doing something for a living and being paid. Wasn't being paid, you know, tremendous amounts of money, but he was being paid to do something that he loved. He's an archaeologist. And I thought, I, here I am, you know, ringing up groceries and I think, I, I want that. I want to do the thing that I love. And honestly, the only thing I've ever really loved or felt like I've been particularly good at is writing. So um, I don't want to imagine myself doing anything else. I just want to imagine myself doing more of it and being paid more. <laughs> 
Uh, it always comes down to the money. Always comes. I mean, sure, you know, I can do podcasts or whatever. You know what I mean? But even for me, that's a form of writing because um, when I record things like that, I write a whole script that goes with it just for my own notes and things like that. So to me, that's all part of um, the writing process. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm terrible at sales. So oh. can't I cannot get a job in sales. I would be someone would be a fool to hire me. Well, you know what? We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. So for people as they get to know you at our at our new station in Vernal, Utah, all right, what is what is Varla's favorite 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 monster? Well, my favorite monster and uh I'm sure that the loyal listeners may know the answer to this, but my favorite monster is the, the Banshee and, and all of the Banshee's counterparts around the world. The Banshee is essentially of the fairy kingdom, but also very much uh, like a ghost or a spectral being and appears in the form of a, usually a, a lovely young woman but sometimes an old hag or an old woman kind of wandering down the lane and then can transform into this very um, kind of gaping mouthed, horrific, screaming entity. Uh, and the, the thing about banshees that's just so fascinating to me is that they're, they're actually warning ghosts. So they're warning, um, they're, they're sort of like, harbingers of death they let people know that death or serious illness is imminent and um, traditionally belonged to different families in ireland would inherit a banshee um but then there are counterparts around the world in in scotland there's a washerwoman who is very similar but is then spotted uh washing bloody garments in a in a stream in Italy, you have the woman in white who appears in old castles and will appear before somebody in the family dies. And I've heard countless stories. People have written to me and said, I, I saw this floating disembodied head and I heard this horrible scream. And, you know, was this a banshee? And uh, so there's all there's all kinds of variations around the world. But but technically, the word banshee means um, of the fairy mound. And so it's it's a it's a Irish word. And I just find them fascinating. There's something about it. They're definitely the scariest in my mind because they really, um, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's basically death, but they don't bring death. They're just letting you know death is on the next carriage through town. Uh, and, and there's just something so uh, incredibly fascinating about the Banshee and the many Banshee stories. And... I have, um, I'm going to, I think you know this, but I'm... Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? 
And if it could, what could it earn? You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Going to Ireland again this this year, a couple times actually. I have, um, well, so far I have two two excursions. And um, the Banshee is something that regularly comes up. And interestingly, I don't think it's as commonly talked about in like, you know, you know, American folklore and things that don't talk so much about the Banshee, but the Banshee comes up all the time. Uh, just in casual conversation, if you go on, you know, a, a historic walk or something like that, sometimes people use terms differently as well, but um, specifically this kind of like warning Banshee. And I love the idea that a family, this is my big question is, does a family inherit a Banshee? Or does the banshee belong to the place? And can the banshee travel? Uh, you know, if a if a family emigrates, and and I think that probably by and large most people would would say yes, that is absolutely <laughs> the banshee can follow you. And um, so different people throughout different generations will see this this banshee that that um, is connected with the family. And and other people have that with different ghosts and things. Other families have kind of familial ghosts that are seen. See, when I think Banshee, yeah. I think something real eerie, scary, something waking up to, you know, maybe it's because I watched too much Popeye as a kid. And, yeah. And, and the Banshee. Well, she's a sea hag, really. Isn't that, wasn't that well, really a sea hag? Well, he had the Banshee and the sea hag. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but but they are scary. Of course they're scary. They're horrible looking and they're scary but I mean, I—that's what I like. You know, <laughs> what can I say I—I li- I like what I like. <laughs> well, well, you're talking to a guy who won't even stick his pinky toe in the ocean, knowing yeah. that Jaws is out there somewhere, just waiting to feed on me. So, uh, you know, a banshee from Popeye. Yeah, that scares me. That scares <laughs> me. I think you know. I can't tell if if the difference is, is that I don't get scared easily or if I like the feeling of being scared. I've never been able to fully figure that out about myself and and others that I know that just really um enjoy dark horrific things. Um you know, there's 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 just something something about it. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick <laughs> break here on Spaced Out Radio. <laughs> VarlaVentura.net is Varla's website. You can find any of her books online or at any major bookstore if your town still has one. Yeah. We love Varla around here. When we come back, Varla's going to, I believe, get into werewolves with us on Spaced Out Radio. Awesome. Awesome start. (laughs) yeah great great that there's a new uh terrestrial radio station tuning in yes i am way behind in the chat right now i'm about oh okay just do your thing behind so let me just quickly say hi alien believers yep yeah i'll get to it 
And uh, let's see who else has hopped in here. Stephen Edmond, good to see you, my man. And uh, Kira, thank you so much for that awesome super chat, my beautiful friend. And uh, I did email you uh, about uh, what we talked about earlier. I got it all done. I did tonight. Nikki Kneecaps, welcome to SOR Chat. Love the name. And who else is here that's new? Uh, Let's see here. Mr. Bigfoot987. Oh, wow. Welcome to SOR Chat. GF, 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 G. How you doing, Meaty Toes? Good to have you here. Yep, always a pleasure with Meaty Toes around here. All right, Dutch Hank, good to see you. And uh, who else is here? Australian Cryptozoology Tribe. Oh, I got to look you guys up. You guys look like you, you're, you're future guests on this show. Welcome to Spaced Out Radio Chat Room, by the way. And uh, where's Dirty Filth? Uh, hold on, I got to look this up here. Australian Cryptozoology. Australian Cryptozoology Tribe. There they are. I'll hit subscribe to your channel. Hey, yeah, we're going to need you guys on as a guest here. We are. We are definitely going to need you guys on as guests because you want to talk Yowie and all that kind of stuff. I want to talk that stuff. So we got to bring it together. I know it's tomorrow for you. By the way, am I alive tomorrow, Australian listeners? Am I alive tomorrow? Is Varla alive tomorrow? Please give us an update. We need to know that we're alive in the future. Uh, We would appreciate that. And let's see, who else is in the chat room? Pete Leibel, good to have you here. Thomas O'Keefe, thanks for coming on in. And who else do we have? Um, Yeah. Ozzy Sue, welcome. And uh, Judy's Garlands, welcome to SOR Chat. Lots of new uh, listeners in here tonight. I love it. Thank you, guys. Oh, I saw Sensational Sherry. I saw our Mama Susan. I see you, too. And, my goodness, uh, Deb from SAC, thank you for that awesome super chat. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Jordan Ashley Pettit, welcome back, lady. Candy Wolf, welcome. And who else is here? I'm almost caught up. I'm almost caught up here. Tombstone, good to see you, my man. Uh, and Blue Cruise, thank you for that amazing super chat, my man. Really appreciate that. Blue. Um, let's see here. Do you guys have an email on your... Oh, you do. I am not a robot. I'm confirming I am not a robot. All right, so there is the email. So that way we can get these guys on the air. Uh, where is my bookings email bookings? Make sure you check your junk mail for, for us, uh, or from us here and you'll get a email from one of my members of my team, bring you guys on to talk about some of that yaoi stuff. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Love it. Love it. Uh, and, uh, let's see. Oh, I haven't even, you know what? I am so behind right now. I haven't even said hello to our uh, our Spreaker listeners yet. Speaker peeps. My goodness. 
My goodness. Oh, there's... Where uh, does the time go? There is the gorgeous Eric Markham. There is the stunning Ronnie Lindsay. And the evervescent Bill WD-40, who lubes us up for each show each and every night. Because you know, Varla, you always want to slip and slide into a show smoothly. And that's what Bill WD-40 does for us. Very true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Hi, Mr. Catfish. How are you? And let's see here. Uh, I want to remind you, I will be in San Francisco March 17th through 19th at UFO Con 2023, put on by Lorian Fenton. Go to ufocon2023.com. And they have an incredible lineup of guests from Science Bob to Melinda Leslie. And I'm just pulling up the website here. And who else will be there? Mm. Let's see. Richard Lewis, Dave Scott, Robert Perala, Misha Johnson, Victoria Whitney, John Ramirez. And here comes the second half hour. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Varla Ventura and our cryptid world. Varla comes in once a month to talk about the darkness of the monsters that go bump in the night. Her website is varlaventura.net. You can find all of her books either on Amazon or at any major bookstore. And we're going to get into some werewolves. Yes, werewolves. Varla, welcome back. Why, thank you. You were doing some studying, and you found some really cool werewolf stuff for us. Yeah, yeah. I've been working on a a different book that, um, and I've just just been diving back into some of the werewolf archives. <laughs> and um, there's a particular writer that I really love. His name is Elliot O'Donnell. Um, so he was an uh, Irish writer. He published most of his works between like 1900 and 1915 or so. And he was a really interesting fellow because a lot of writers at the time that were writing about leftovers or the DMV Number 97. or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? 
you could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like, maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. About the supernatural or the paranormal in any capacity or the fairy kingdom, the other world. Um, we're often writing about it from like a, like a scholarly sort of literary point of view or a very kind of um, like a skeptical point of view. And O'Donnell was a little bit different because he, you know, as an Irishman, he, they had an, uh, a banshee in his family and he's on record talking about uh, experiencing, you know, seeing ghosts and things when, when he's just a little kid. And um, what's particularly cool about his writing is that you can, you just like a lot of the writing of that time when interviewing people that lived in like these little villages and these little towns, it was very condescending. And his writing, while it's loaded with sort of Edwardian kind of um, vernacular in there, he, he really comes across as um, being more of a believer. And maybe that's because I'm a believer and, and I get it. So anyway, he wrote a whole book about banshees. He wrote a whole book about ghosts. Um, and he wrote an entire book about werewolves. And it's one of my two kind of like primary go-tos. And it's a really long book and there's just a lot in it. And it's, you know, it's written in 19, it was published in 1912 in, um, in Ireland. So it was, it's, it's just people wrote and spoke differently then. So um, I'm, I'm looking back through it and I start noticing something over and over again, this kind of recurring theme, which I had not really picked up on before, which was that he, he actually did this, he spoke of ghouls earlier, and he has this whole chapter where he talks about ghouls, uh, werewolves and ghouls, vampires and werewolves, and then, you know, so ghouls, which he identifies as kind of a, um, kind of a, like life sucking entity and vampires who prey upon um, uh, prey upon people and, and um, to and occupy, basically they're like an elemental that occupies a corpse. And then he starts talking about why werewolves are different. And now he's not saying this about all werewolves. And this is not the only place that I have seen this, but it kind of blew my mind when I really started thinking about it because Dave, you, even you and I have talked about this. Werewolves are shapeshifters. Why do they turn at the moon? Why, um, you know, why do we have sympathy for the werewolf? But the vampire would kind of feel like, okay, the vampire, that's like an infection. But then people think, well, if you get bitten by a werewolf, then don't you become a werewolf? In fact, there's a ton of um, folkloric evidence meaning people giving testimony in in the in the um through tales that they are sharing about ways to become a werewolf probably more than any other supernatural creature werewolves 
we're more com more okay we're gonna take witches off the table in this discussion because witches are not supernatural beings like they just aren't they're powerful women sometimes powerful men that know how to work with supernatural beings but they in themselves are not supernatural beings so we'll take witches off the table for the for the mo and um We'll, we'll move on and just say, like, so nobody really goes out saying, I want to be a vampire, unless you fall in love with a vampire, and then you're like, I want to be a vampire. But that's kind of a small portion of the population. There's a lot of recipes and ways to become a werewolf, and it seems to be very linked to high magic, and I just want to read you. So I, I've known about lycanthropic streams for years. And I've always, I just love that term. A lycanthropic stream where you basically, you drink this water and it's, you shape shift into a werewolf. And it's always very foul smelling water. So I think we can all kind of, you know, look from our, from our perch in 2023 and be like, yeah, that's, that, they've got some giardia in that water. Like that's, that's some polluted water you're drinking and you probably giving yourself some sort of like high fever and disease. But there are several other ways to become a werewolf. And these include um, gathering certain, certain flowers, um, sometimes just exposure alone to certain flowers will cause you to become a werewolf. But this is my favorite one. And I'm just going to read, read this is right from Elliot O'Donnell's book. And don't worry, there's no copyright infringement because it's in public domain. Um, so yet another method of acquiring the property of lycanthropy consists in making first a magic circle on the ground at 12 o'clock. Now we, we all know that's 12 o'clock at night. On a night when the moon is full, there is no strict rule as to the magnitude of the circle, though one of about seven feet in diameter would seem to be the size most commonly adopted. Then in the center of the circle, a wood fire heating thereon an iron vessel containing one pint of clear spring water and any, this is the best part, and any seven of the following ingredients. Hemlock, half ounce to one ounce. Aloe, perfectly harmless. Opium, <laughs> mandrake, solanum, poppy seed, asafeta, and parsley. So that must just be for flavor. And there's actually countless recipes like that of formulas that are almost alchemy-like where people are performing rituals to become werewolves. And this honestly kind of blew my mind a bit because I think I always thought werewolves, I thought of werewolves more along the lines of like supernatural creatures who maybe were cursed and were once, um, you know, were once human and then they got banished and transformed. And, and this is, that's not to say that that's not the case, but the idea of people going out there, people like me, right. Going out in the middle of the night and just saying like, I'm going to do this ritual to become a werewolf. And then families giving testimony that they saw, you know, children and, um, uh, women and um, one really funny story was about um, a local like clergyman who transformed and um, they said that he had a habit of, of breaking into like the the abbeys and eating all the fat abbots up <laughs> I 
Like these are his words, not mine. And I just thought, wow, this is like a whole other way of looking at this shape-shifting magical creature. And, 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 you know, I'm drawing on his examples from Irish, Scottish, um, and then other parts of Europe. So he's got some Balkan folklore in there and some Italian folklore and some Germany and Austria and stuff like that. Um, so we're not talking about like indigenous American lore or anything like that, but just this idea of um, really going to great efforts to become a werewolf. Um, it just, it's, it, it's fascinating. A lot of people believe out there in the cryptid world that werewolves are also what we're seeing with these dogman type creatures. Do you think that there is any similarities between the two? Yes, I do. I do. I think they're in, I mean, you know, they're in the uh, camp canine cryptid. And I think that some, you know, for example, the, the places where, including Ireland, you know, there were wolves in Ireland once upon a time. So places where there are higher wolf populations, you will have more uh, stories of werewolves. There's more, and it goes back further. Um, so places that have more, um, you know, less wolves and more coyote or another kind of uh, you know, similar dog or, or animal. Now the dog man seems, is, uh, I don't know, Dave, because I kind of think we, and you know, you know what, this is the camp I'm in. I think that we have different words today and more dialogue today about supernatural creatures that were kind of uh, swept under the rug for the better part of like the last 200 years. Um, from people immigrating, mixing of cultures, other cultures being stamped down. And so now as we start you know, talking about these things again and acknowledging these things again, these supernatural creatures, these dogmen, we have new words for them. Um, and people are kind of looked at as like, you know, they're 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 making it up or it's it's nonsense much for the same reason that 200 years ago people stopped talking about it right because they just got tired of being persecuted um goes back more than 200 years of course depending on uh what part of the world you live in but um yeah so dogmen i i think they they fall in that same i, I know you don't I, I know we don't agree about this I actually this is one of the things i think that that you consider them two different things i just don't see dogmen being human i you know i i would expect leftovers or the dmv or house cleaning Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. 
Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. Right, right. You know, maybe it's just my my folklorish mind, but I I would expect to see Dogman running around with a ripped t-shirt on. Or a, or or you know, a, a broken pair of Converse Chucks. You know what I'm saying? I I, I would love to see that. You know, but, but I mean, but, dogs are descended from wolves, so they at minimum are related, right? I mean, at minimum. I, I guess the question is, how do we know if we're seeing them when they're in their shape shifted form only? How do we know what they look like when they're when they're not? in that form. And I guess the idea is that they're always in that form. They are a creature like a Bigfoot that is always in that form, that cryptid form, not, not going back and forth between a human and a werewolf. But I would say that some of these things, uh, people like, you know, transforming, trying to become werewolves, trying to gain that power, um, because those are ancient creatures, right? Like those are creatures that go back so far that some, some, you know, in modern times in 1915, people are trying to join the cult of the werewolf, but that's not the very first werewolf, right? Like that's not the first werewolf that ever came about. And they aren't necessarily shifting back and forth. I mean, you know, we don't know. We just have all these accounts of people, you know, plucking a flower and putting it in their lapel. And the next thing you know, they've got really hairy legs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, um, yeah, I mean, telling you, I've been doing a lot of reading. It's pretty interesting. And there's, you know, all I'm saying is that (laughs) the werewolves need a good waxing. Depends, you know, that's a personal preference i think <laughs> okay well if you want to have a date werewolf you might want to you know wax the legs a little bit maybe the back as well share wolf what if you were a share wolf i'm not going i there. don't know this <laughs> i am not going there not going there, but you know, I guess I guess what I'm looking at is, I, I wonder if you could you could lock up werewolves into that into that category of turtles and immortals that are that have been walking around this planet for millennia. And you don't think dogmen would fall in that category? I don't know. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying no, but I mean, I'm not I've saying never yes seen either. a dog man, so I you know I I can't really say to, to me the dog, how I would to me the dog man seems a little bit more wild. And I'm not saying party wild, you know, or Varla Ventura type wild. I, Vegas I, wild. Or Vegas <laughs> wild or whatever. No, I, I see Dogman more as a forested creature like a like a sasquatch there and i do believe that there might be something supernatural about it but i also you know and i realize the dog family werewolves part of the dog family you know much like household pets and wolves and everything i can understand that lineage but for a werewolf to me i think 
lycanthropy is something that there are certain people on this planet that could be walking around and on those full moon nights, they get the heck out of town because they got to go howl at the moon with Ozzy Osbourne. Right. But some of the things that I have kind of come upon recently have got me thinking about that whole, the whole, uh, that whole concept upon which, you know, Lon Chaney's werewolf was based Uh, Teen Wolf was based, what we have as our modern idea of a werewolf versus the idea of going out on a full moon to perform a ritual to get in touch with your inner wolf and then thereby transforming and being basically out of control. So I don't know that, I mean, it's just got me thinking that the purposefulness of becoming a werewolf is something... um, that is probably more widespread than I previously realized. And that's not to say that the actual, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I really don't know. I really don't know what to say because I think that in my mind, a lot of those um, otherworldly cryptid creatures, all of the otherworldly cryptid creatures, they fall in the same realm that I think the, the, fairy and the and the other folk fall into because they are beings that don't fit in with um they're not human they're not part of the zoological order that we know of which is why they're crypt you know why they're cryptids and i think they just you know they kind of defy the the laws of dimension and reality and all of those things and and yet there's so many sightings like around you know around the world of all kinds of cryptids and, and creatures so the the question i think is also you know do do they you know what are, what are they doing when we don't see them you know are they all and i get asked that a lot like do they just go into this other dimension or is it, are we the ones, are they here all the time? And we're the ones with just incredibly limited sight. Cause we already know we have really limited sight as humans Our our what we see is nothing compared to like what a dragonfly can see or what oh. an octopus can detect. You know what? On a full moon, if you're out in the forest on a full moon or the day before or day after a full moon, it's amazing how bright the forest is. It really is. And then to think that our eyesight is so poor as humans, even if you have 20-20 vision, that the creatures in the forest, all the animals, are looking at those nights like 24-hour sunshine. Yeah, yeah. And then add to that that, you know, as far as the whole full moon uh, werewolf thing, uh, it it like it's bright, so that's when we're most likely to see them. But that does not mean and and any anyone you know who's ever done a ritual knows that the best time to do a ritual, if you really want you know if you really want it to be the most powerful, is on a full moon. Um, and so the idea that that's when werewolves are most frequently seen, well, kind of makes sense, especially because if you go back to times when we didn't have electric street lights, it's mostly dark out there until the moon gets fuller and fuller and fuller. And then when there's a full moon, we're most likely to see things. So maybe they're out there 
you know, sneaking about on the new moon as well in the dark of the night. But you just don't see them because, you know, you got your your candles burning and you're you're inside reading the Bible. (laughs) Or other good books. Or other good books by Varda Ventura. (laughs) There's your next book. The Bible and other good books. (laughs) You know, but okay. So, I mean, this opens up the next half hour as we only got about two and a half minutes left to a couple of real crazy topics because I think werewolves open up the topics to both shapeshifters and to immortal beings. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, I really, I don't know whether it's my wish from watching the Highlander as a kid, but I really want to believe that there are immortals walking on this planet. I, I, I know I'm not one. Okay, uh, you know, but it just absolutely intrigues me, the fact that immortals could be here or shape-shifting creatures could be here. Yeah, absolutely. And whether and how, how will we know? We won't know until we're on the other side. And then we'll be like, oh, we were so right about that. Or, well, looks like we were wrong about that. They, they just... There aren't any immortals. It's just us. <laughs> oh, I know. We're just stardust. I know. I mean, what would you do if you were immortal there, Varla Ventura? What would I do if I was immortal? I, I, would, I would just do what I'm doing, I think. Like, just do it harder. <laughs> just keep on going. You know... <laughs> Over time, though, <laughs> over time, though, could you seriously, could you imagine, you know, being an immortal, an unsuccessful immortal over time and and like, you yeah, know, unsuccessful immortal, like 700 years later, you're still going to the soup kitchen for meals and, and you know, your socks have holes in them and you're wearing sh- uh, the same shoes as you did in 1592. Like, you know? I haven't been able to hold down a job for 652 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you might have a problem. Unsuccessful with that. immortal. I'm, I'm, I'm still unsure. I'm still unsure whether or not it's my personal attitude or not. Yeah, I mean, that's a deep question, though. And that's one of the th- reasons I think we're so fascinated by like vampires is that question of if you were given the opportunity to become immortal, would you choose that? Would you willingly choose that? And, you know, there's always that sad idea of the people that age on and, all, you know, they outlive everyone. Um, that's an age-old question, really, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, the answer is clearly yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Varla, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. Hard to believe we're already one hour down and one hour to go with Varla Ventura, her website, varlaventura.net, as we look towards hour number two, where we're going to get into immortality and shape-shifting, all because of the werewolves. Blame the werewolves tonight. We love it when Varla's here. Grab her books at any major bookstore or online, places like Amazon. We'll be right back. Uh, Blackbird, if you need somebody to chat, dude, 
Uh, we Many of us have been where you are right now. So if you need somebody to chat, uh, there's a bunch of people here who would absolutely love to chat with you, my man. Okay? Lots of people here. You don't need to feel like that. And trust me, dude, I've been there many o times. Many o times. But we got your back here, man. We got your back. <coughs> Put the stress out on us. That's what we're here for. That's what the chat room's here for, man. Varla, I'm going to put you back in the green room. And All I'm, right. I'm going to disappear for a minute because I'm going to hit the little boy's room. I'll be right back, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> be right back, people. See if my chair moves.
All right, old baby's back. Back again. Baby's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Bring in Varley here. Hi, Varley. I have you on mute. Hold on. There we go. All right. Hey, little Tommy Fessler. Thank you so much, buddy, for that super chat. Where'd you put it now? Right there. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. All right, I want to say a big thank you to Louis Times 2, D. Cohen, Blake, Lara, Rob, Kira, Nightwatch, Margie, Mike, Ant-Man, Deb, Blue Cruise, Louis again, and Thomas for the amazing Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. And, of course, don't forget, I'll be in San Francisco for UFOCon 2023, and you're going to want to go there. UFOCon2023.com, you can get your tickets, and you can join me, Science Bob, Misha Johnson, Melinda Leslie, John Ramirez, Sev Talk, and Ella LeBain, Camille James Harmon, Lorian Fenton, many others. Yeah, we're right there. And don't forget Vegas, check the ticker below. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Quadrumanus. Quadrumanus is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Varla Ventura is back for our cryptid world. We're going to get into shapeshifters and immortals next. And your questions as well, if you're in one of our chat rooms or on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Varla's website is varlaventura.net. She loves it when I say that. Because it's the .net that really, really just solidifies everything. You can find her books at any major bookstore. Varla, get you to take your mic off mute and bring you right back in. How are you? I'm good. I just I had to mute myself because, you know, I'm just such a belcher. I can't really. <laughs> Look forward to hearing that in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, here's ridiculous. Varla. How do we know Varla's around? Oh, there she is. <laughs> Sounds like Barney from The Simpsons. You okay. got that right. You got that right. <laughs> Immortals. This is one of my favorite topics. I don't think we spend enough time on it. And really, I don't think there's enough people out there who are actually researching this topic. But 
you know, whether it's from the movies like Highlander or whether it's vampires or werewolves or whatever it may be, skinwalkers, there has always been these topics of people selling their souls for to the devil or whatever else demonic out there for the sake of immortality. I, I'm curious, what what have you studied on immortality? And do you think there are immortals walking on this planet right now? Well, interestingly, I would say by and large, certainly in folklore, um, which is kind of my thing, you know, immortality is looked upon as a negative. Um, I think because it's frequently like, like whatever entity you run into, like let's say it's a banshee or, or the washerwoman. That was a great example that the washerwoman once upon a time was just a regular person. And then, um, you know, drowned somebody in the creek and basically has their blood on her hands and is now doomed to be this like immortal specter not quite a ghost not quite leftovers or the dmv or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. Um, not quite a, a human, just kind of in that limbo. And so a lot of the backstories, so I, I'm a firm believer that 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 what we see and then what the backstories are, 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 are not always like the same thing um, or, or not always as, as we think they are. So a lot of people, people listening right now can attest that they will have had an encounter at some point in their life, whether it's some kind of ghost or another kind of supernatural being, and they've never known quite what it is. And then one day they're listening to this fabulous radio show and they hear someone talking about it and they go, wait a minute, that's what I experienced. Uh, I have had that many times myself and I have had, um, and I've had many people approach me saying, well, do you think this fits in that category? Because this is what I experienced. So I think that we see a creature and then maybe like the backstory that we end up finding out later, it may or may not be actually accurate to that particular creature but by and large having said that by and large the the immortality is viewed as a curse it's basically like you are doomed to roam this like in between plane or you are doomed to kind of glitch out in this room until you know someone 
freeze your spirit or whatever, you know, whatever the Hollywood version of an exorcism is. Um, but that's a little different than being something more along the lines of like, you know, will fit in the category of like the Nephilim who are that, you know, it's this angelic race of creatures who are, um, taller than the average human, larger kind of larger than life and, and immortal. Um, and, and then of course you have the idea that vampires achieve immortality and they do that by occupying the soul, the body. They basically, it's a, it's a, you know, you occupy a dead person's body, but you, um, run around and you take, you know, the, the life energy and blood, if you want to go that route, um, from a living human, but you're not actually human. You're basically just like this walking corpse. So, um, you know, I mean, do you want to be a, a walking corpse? Is immortality all it's cracked up to be? And are there actually creatures and things that are immortal that are that would fall in that in that category that go back? Are aliens immortals, for example? Because they can come and go as they please, right? They know stuff and they've known stuff for a lot longer than we have. So they've got the ancient wisdom. And then, of course, there's the whole camp of people that believe that off-planet and um, quote-unquote alien uh, encounters are exactly what the Egyptians were depicting back in the day. And, um, you know, that, that what what others were calling gods were um, what we now might call um, a UFO. So, in other words, have they been around much longer than we can we can even imagine, which is totally like you, I mean, that's your, that's your area. You, you know, you know, that world so well, but I mean, I don't know. Are there, are there actually, is there an actual race of creature that is just all, you know, just been here all along and, and or is there more than one? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you think there are immortal humans? I mean, no, actually, I'm sorry to say me, the believer in mermaids going to rain on everyone's parade here (laughs) and say, no, I don't actually think, I think humans, if there were immortal humans, we would not invest so much time and money (laughs) to not age, to not, you know, to fight against mortality um maybe there will eventually be immortal humans but um i think if there's anything immortal it's it's not it's it's not an actual you know homo sapiens sapiens well i mean you do have people like jeff bezos right now the owner of amazon who is yeah. who is looking into and investing his own money you know into the idea that he wants to get back to biblical terms, you know, where you saw people living for 200, 300, 400 years rather than, you know, 80, 84, or uh, what, what's the average age? 80, 82. I can't take 300 years of Jeff Bezos. I'm sorry. I just oh, neither, can't. Trust me. Neither, <laughs> neither can I. Neither can I. 
Because you know, but right, right. Because you know, somewhere somebody's going to be playing that stupid song that they wrote for him. Born in 1964, <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Oh, no, that song. Thanks, thanks, Dave, for putting Jeffrey Bezos in your head. You know, that's going to be all in my head all night now. But, but no, but there are people investing it, and of course, it's the multi-billionaires who, you know, I mean, let's face it. You know why yeah. you you've got the world as your oyster. You can buy anything you want. Why would you want to leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the just just the idea of like kind of that that people did live longer, and then with really the onset of like the industrial age, people didn't live as long, um, and with more rampant disease, people didn't live as long, and now people are living longer because we're coming up with with cures. So are we going kind of back the other way? I just, you know, it's a, in my opinion, it's a losing battle. And um, I think we're much better off like spending some time with the, with the dark side and just embracing that, you know, things aren't always going to be light and forever. You know, sometimes things are going to be just what they are and, 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 and part of being mortal and human is just, you know, part of, uh, messing up part of, you know, learning from your mistakes. I mean, uh, now going back to my early anthropology days, right. There's the idea of immortality being achieved through other means such as art, uh, literature, um, architecture structures so that you, there is a, a form of immortality in that. If you really want to get like super existential about it, you got, you know, whoever put that very little pointy brick on the top of the pyramids, right? Like that person, we may not know that person's name, but we know that somebody put that brick there. So we know that that was with human hands or, um, you know, well, none of us personally know, you know, um, Da Vinci, but we know his art really well. None of us knew uh, Michelangelo, but we're all very familiar with the Mona Lisa, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of like there's a form of immortality in that, right? So I don't know. I don't know if that counts really as being human and immortal. Okay. But you do believe there are creatures out there that are. I I do think there are. Yes. Like more in the supernatural realm. Yes. Because I think there are things that just continue existing and will always exist and will just come back around until the next batch of people are willing to see them. And then they just keep coming back around. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's very, very probable with a lot of the kind of, you know, monsters of the world. Here's an interesting thing, though. I, I, there are certain cryptids that fall in the category of being like kind of like a solo creature, right? Like there's just like one of them that we know of. We're just going to throw the Loch Ness monster out there. Cause that's like the most famous one. And then there's creatures like Sasquatch, which we kind of commonly accept 
it's like a lot of different ones, right? Like there, there's, it's, it's a, it's a race of beings, not just one thing, not just one sea serpent in the bottom of a lake or whatever. And I, I, I think that that is, um, that's another aspect of it. You know, are we talking about one single immortal elemental thing that will return. So it might be a specific monster that has been seen for generations in a particular cave in the Pacific Northwest and that different eras of people actually have names for it that, that, you know, they call it different things, but it keeps it's, it's there, right. It's always there and it's always immortal. And then you have something like, I mean, do Sasquatch die? That's a, I don't know. Or do they, do they have a lifespan like, uh, you know, other animals do, or are they actually kind of super more supernatural and, and don't actually ever disappear? That is I don't know question. the answer to that. That is the ultimate question. Yeah. You know, what about shapeshifters? Well, there's a whole category of shapeshifters. You know, you've got you've got um, people who have the ability, humans who have the ability to shapeshift, and they use that through transformative magic, and they use that for to gain knowledge from the other world. And then you have you know shapeshifting supernatural beings. Um, I would have previously said such as werewolves, but I really do think that there's a element of, uh, of human interference in our, in, in, in the ability to become a werewolf or, or the, I shouldn't say human interference, but there's, there's, uh, a lot of ways to become a werewolf other than just being a werewolf, you know, being born a werewolf <laughs> as demonstrated by the, um, heavily psychotropic recipe I read <laughs> earlier full of hemlock and opium. All of those things will make you shapeshift. So there's shapeshifting of the mind, right? And then, and then actually that also becomes part of the ultimate question because to shapeshift, do you actually have to, um, do you actually leave your body or do you leave the idea of your body? Like in the same way that you can astrally travel or you can, you can astrally project. Is it that, you know, we see pictures, okay, a person's body's like floating up and going like into the, into the astral plane. Or is it that you are abandoning the, the need or necessity for the, 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 the heavy, um, you know, gravity laden form and you're transcending that. And so that's another form of shape-shifting. Are we witnessing creatures that are actually transforming or are we transforming along with them? And are we all um, in the same collective altered consciousness? And I'm not saying that's all, you know, taking a bunch of drugs, but like there's a collective energy when people perform rituals that allows, you know, magic and shape-shifting and things like that to happen. But... There's also things like selkies, which are seals who shapeshift into women who can walk upon dry land and bury their 
their coats and Mary and um, even mermaids who can basically, you know, mate with humans. And there are many stories of, oh, yes, that woman, she's either a witch or a mermaid, but there was something there's something off about her. She wouldn't go to church. That's the, those are very, it's very common. It's common to this day. I was like, oh yeah, we think maybe she was of the sea a little bit because she didn't, she didn't like to sit still in the, in the church pew. Um, you know, so there's, there's those kind of shapeshifters too, that um, have a very rich history and are, um, you know, still, still around today. Okay. But uh, when I think of shapeshifter, there's a lot of First Nations people who believe Sasquatch is a shapeshifter or dogman or, you know, windigos, skinwalkers, many traditional oh. creatures okay. that are said to haunt, you know, a lot of indigenous people out there. Do we look at them as in the same route or the same way? But to be a shapeshifter, you're shifting from one form to another. So skinwalkers, absolutely, right? Because essentially they're donning um, whatever form they want in order to, you know, basically terrorize or, or frighten or cause mayhem or trick. Um, the puka is a shapeshifter. That's, a, that's, you know, one of my favorite shapeshifters. And that's the, um, you know, uh, the Irish fairy that appear, appears in the form of a horse or sometimes a giant bunny and basically can shapeshift from now that's that's actually usually an animal that shapeshifts into its supernatural form of the animal so um a lot of times i think we think of shapeshifters as like humans that can transform or witches that transform into other beings but sometimes shapeshifters are animals so there's that sweet little innocent bunny and then it shapeshifts into this like, you know, six foot tall rabbit that's going to go chasing you over hill and dale. So there are also animals that can be shapeshifters that, that go, just go back to their animal form. They don't, they don't, it's not all human, I guess. And I think maybe that's a big distinction. A lot of people think of their like, Honestly, some of that is just rooted in our misguided belief that all that that because we're human doesn't everything want to be human? You know? Oh, we anthropomorphize everything. You know, we like we give we give cats names and we, you know, do stupid commercials where the dogs are talking and playing poker and stuff. And we 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 just assume that we everything would want to be human. Wouldn't we want to be human? We're 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 taught we're the most evolved species, right? We're taught that. We are taught that in school. The most evolved species is Homo sapiens sapiens, <laughs> and so we assume that a shapeshifter is a a, a human at its core that has somehow uh, gotten this 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 ability, which is probably true for uh, on some level, but. Not always. Like you can shape shift and not ever be actually anything in in any kind of uh, solid form. Least of all human. Okay, so, but, but uh, wouldn't that be saying that that's quite egotistical of us to think that you know everything or everyone wants to be human? Yeah, that's super egotistical of us. 
That's what I'm saying. That's a problem. So we assume that uh, things shape shift and, and by, sh- but just the very word shape shift, I mean, right. Okay. Shape shift going from one form to another. But I think common understanding of that is that you're shifting from a human form into something else or into something else, into human form to, di- to disguise us. But that's, that's, that is very egotistical because we're basically like, well, naturally, everything at its root is human. And that's why we, you know, we, we name everything, you know, we name every plant and we name every after ourselves, right? Everything, every mountain gets some kind of name after something, instead of it just being like the mountain. <laughs> the mountain. Oh, wow. We're, we're going deep. We're going deep tonight, Dave. Well, I, <laughs> get I, me thinking. I get that. I get that. You know, and uh, I, I guess I, I will keep that speculation of belief just to myself then on whether or not immortals and shapeshifters really are walking on this planet. I want to believe. Now, I totally I want, want to, to believe. believe. And I, I'm in camp believe. I just don't think that they're human. Right. But, you know, we'll see. Mm. Give me a hundred years and I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. We gotta leave a time capsule. We need to do a time we need to do a spaced out radio time capsule. Yeah, I don't want to see that. That's I'm already great <laughs> enough. Barla Ventura, we have her until the top of the hour. Our cryptid world is what we call Varla's Adventures here on Spaced Out Radio each and every month. We love her around here. VarlaVentura.net is her website. Space Out Radio continues right after this. Oh, you are hilarious. Look at, <laughs> look at my hot Molly here. I just got home, had to stop at Taco Bell, and thought of you, Dave. Oh, do you like Taco Bell? I will tell you right now, the second I get into San Francisco, I'm not even going to be out of the airport yet and I will be calling Uber Eats to meet me at the airport at the hotel with Taco Bell. The worst thing that ever Do you happened have a Taco to me, Bell in Canada? Um the closest one is two and a half hours away. Or oh, two hours oh, away. Oh, oh. But the good news I, is I'm so jealous that you're gonna be in San Francisco. That's my hometown. I can't believe all those years you're going to that conference and we didn't know each other when i lived there i know no i think you were already gone by the time i started there started going oh i was gone by the time we met but i didn't i didn't know if you had been going there prior to that i'm looking at my son's schedule to see when i get to go to kamloops next and it doesn't look like it son of a gun son of a gun I don't know what those words mean. What are we talking about? I was looking hockey? at my, I was looking, yeah, hockey. I was looking at my son's schedule, see when he played down oh. in Kamloops, and that's the closest Taco Bell. Oh, you were looking for proximity to Taco Bell. I thought you were oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm going to miss a game this weekend. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm worried about missing Taco Bell, right? 
So what it, what is your son in? Is it um, mites? Is that do you have no, mites up, or what is the up, order there? Tell me the here, order. Anything. Up here they call it U eleven. Okay. So a couple of years ago, it, this is how it used to rank. Beginners was called novice, then Adam, then Pee Wee, then Bantam, then Midget, then leftovers, or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, Chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. Then juvenile, then junior B, junior A. Yeah. Uh, major junior professional hockey. Well, <clears throat> the the I'm offended crowd decided to go after minor hockey in Canada and Hockey Canada because of the word midget. Right, we don't have midget here anymore, but we have. Yeah. Um, so it's similar, but we have might. Yeah, we go might pee wee uh, squirt. Yeah, no might. Squirt, peewee, bantam. bantam, and then I, I just can't think beyond that because I already know they're going to be, you know, it's it's. Um, I, I know there's there's junior gold and all yeah. of that stuff, but then it also depends on if you play for your high school, you could play yeah. JV or varsity, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So Hockey Canada, because of the word midget, decide, and nobody thought of it as little people, okay? Nobody thought about it. It was just a the step below junior hockey. And. Oh, so it was after Bantam? Yeah, it's above Bantam, below junior. Oh, yeah. okay. And so uh, the the uh, hockey wokes throw it through a tantrum. Hockey? <laughs> and uh, minor hockey, uh, hockey Canada decided to go the soccer route that nobody understands. Of U U seven U nine U eleven U thirteen U fifteen. But but what about girl? Because we do that here, but it's only for girls. So like basically, one of the things I love about hockey is you can play with the boys as long as as long as you make the team, you can play with the boys. There's not it's it says boys hockey, but there's plenty of you know if girls want to play on the team. And in fact, you know, that happens all the time around here. Because everybody's just insanely good at it. But um, the girls is all, that's how it's ranked. It's like yeah. you ate, we, they don't have mites. They have U8, U10, U12, um, U13, whatever. You know, I don't have a girl, so I don't know. But it's basically by age, like many, many other sports. But the boys, they don't do that with. So I didn't understand. It's like, why don't you just have the girls be called the same thing? Mites and squirts and yeah, yeah I don't I, get it. I, I, I don't, don't get know. it. I don't get it. It's the same age. 
Yeah. It's the same age, I, right? I, I, I mean, I will tell you, there is a girl. She is on the team above my sons. And out of every child that I have watched play hockey over the years, she is probably one of the most beautiful skaters I have ever Mm. seen. She is fast. She skates with her knees. I mean, this girl, if she continues, she will be on the national team. She, yeah, she, I, that, it's only, I love seeing that. Oh, I, I love and I love going to the like the girls high school games. You well, know, I just I go. love it because here we go. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have a Taco Bell story for you, though. Point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you all with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final time tonight, we say hello to Varla Ventura. VarlaVentura.net is her website. You can get all of her books at any major bookstore or online. And we're going to take a few audience questions. How are you doing, Varla? I, I'm doing great. You got a Taco Bell story. You're going to, you're going to kick ta- me right where it counts. Just, well, now, there's the most... Have you ever been to the most beautiful Taco Bell in all of the world? No. Well, it's about... 20 minutes south of San Francisco and it's in Pacifica and it's right on the beach and you have a view of the Pacific ocean and it it's, it's right there. It's, 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 I I'm amazed that they have been able to hold that real estate as long as they have, but there is a Taco Bell that is right on the beach in Pacifica and you can, it's got views of the ocean and everything. It's got million dollar views, but it's a Taco Bell. Now to get there from San Francisco if you had a friend with a car, that would be a lot easier. Um, you could probably like Uber down there and, you know, I don't know, it's past the airport. So you just keep going south all along Highway 1 and you get to um, Pacifica and you go to the most beautiful Taco Bell in all the world. Oh, sounds like so heaven. Just, I know. Seagulls crying and waves crashing and beautiful Beautiful, cold Pacific there before you as you eat Taco Bell. See, that's heaven. You know, if if I I were to if I were to pick heaven on earth, I were immortal. Want to eat Taco Bell every day? (laughs) Man, that just that just feels. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Look up the the. It's it's world. It's famous because it's it's so beautiful. I mean, it's an amazing location. Uh, Obi Flett in the chat room yeah. says, 
I've been to that one. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it tastes just like Taco Bell, you know, but it's, it's, it's a very special one. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Let's get to some audience questions here. Let's start off with the Doug Shelby. Is, Is lycanthropy an illness or a curse? And do silver bullets really kill them? So lycanthropy is, is there is an actual medical diagnosis that is called uh, medical lycanthropy. And it manifests in a person being convinced that they're a werewolf. So that's the, that's the technical term is that you're basically, you're so convinced that you're a werewolf that you exhibit werewolf-like behavior that becomes enhanced at the full moon and um, you are diagnosed with lycanthropy. Um, there's also other illnesses that can be kind of thrown in that category. Like people might have um, uh, a hormonal imbalance that causes like excessive growth. It's like the whole bearded lady idea that was all kind of like rooted in the idea of um, lycanthropy being something that was kind of outside of your control. So, um, so there is a, a medical, you know, diagnosis of lycanthropy um but it also can be considered a curse i mean some people have you know the story is that they're they're kind of cursed with this because they have done something wrong um they uh for example there's a story from like northern wisconsin um in the basically the story is that you know there there were two um, hunters who were given the gift, um, in, indigenous people, there were two hunters and they were given the gift to hunt and transform into wolves in order to be effective hunters to prevent everybody from starving. But the one, um, you know, the caveat was you can never turn on, on each other. And, um, you know, they did. One of them turned on the other one and it caused them both to be banished. And that is believed to be, be the beginning of the North American werewolf as that idea that um, they were given this special ability and then they abused it. And so they were cursed. So there is that idea that of being a werewolf, a curse. I think vampires actually are the, um, traditionally that curse, it's more of a curse of immortality, whereas werewolves, as we've learned tonight, many people are, uh, it's very sought after. It's a very sought after ability. I mean, actually, if you think about it, if you could transform yourself into this like fierce, ferocious hunter that basically like nothing in the forest can really, um, can ward you off, can fight you off because you're a wolf and, but you also have like this brain that's thinking the whole time, I'm going to be able to do this and that, and I'm going to eat, I'm going to kill this and then I'm going to transform back and I'm going to, I'm going to drag this carcass back to the group and we're all going to have at it. Like that's such a, like you would want that. And actually if you were in desperate starving times, you would really want that. So, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to put one in camp, not a curse for lycanthropy. (laughs) Okay. Let's get to the next question here. 
And this one comes from Double J, or Double Day, pardon me. I used to live next door to a psychic vampire. How dangerous are they? Psychic vampires are the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> they are. Psych a psychic vampire is actually probably the most common form of vampire. So I think we have a very romanticized idea that a vampire, you know, floats into your room, bites your neck, draws your blood, give, and then thereby infects you, and then you become a, a vampire. But in reality, there are a lot of vampires walking among us. And, and yes, there are people who identify as vampires, dress as vampires, and use vampire magic to um, get the things that they want from life. But then there's the psychic vampires and psychic vampires are as old as, as time itself. And they really are the, they are the people that suck all the life out of the room. They are the people that you, you're talking to them and then you don't know why, but you have a headache after you've only been speaking for a short period of time. And there are many ways to protect yourself from a psychic vampire. Should you think that you are in the presence of one, you could work with one. Um, real energy vampires, responsible energy vampires, work with people who are willingly, um, who are willing donors. Irresponsible and thereby like the psychic vampire really are um, the ones that you, you, you know, they take your energy without, without you granting it. And um, actually the best, the best book out there, I think in terms of dealing, if you think you might be under some kind of psychic attack from a psychic vampire, otherwise is Dion Fortune's psychic self-defense. Um, and she teaches you a lot of ways to kind of, you know, ward off and, and um, uh, maintain control of your own mind when under uh, psychic assault. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So little light reading. Very careful. little midnight reading. Good. Uh, yeah. And watch out for them psychic vampires so you don't yeah, get that midnight sure. assault. You know, yeah, I mean, there's got to be some salt AKA, you can sprinkle on their tails or something for that. Okay, narcissists. Oh, you just, you know, pour it right right in their eyeballs. That's the best. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. All right. Nancy would like to know, what if there are immortals, but they can never know that while alive? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you've ever... Um, explored like Vedic astrology at all, but there is a whole practice in Vedic astrology about figuring out what cycle, like, you know, of, of, I think, you know, what evolution you are in the many lives that you will live out on earth. And um, I think it's eight is like the, the last one. And then after that, you become, you know, the, the stardust, you become part of a part of it. And so there's no, no one to say how long that is. Is it eight individual lifetimes where someone lives to be a hundred or is it, you know, 8,000 years, but you wouldn't know really. I mean, you can do, that's why we have all these, these tools like astrology and, and um, psychics and just trying past life regression, trying to figure out 
you know, how long am I going to be here for? Was I here before? Uh, these kind of questions that I think, you know, it, they come up, they come up for all of us. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, what if you, what if you, I mean, that's, that's right there, a great writing prompt. What if you were immortal, but you wouldn't know? Well, I mean, you know, you would never know. So what we, eventually you would find out though, right? Because everybody around you would die and you'd start figuring it out. You'd start figuring out like, oh, I'm, I remember 1912 and it's, you know, it's been a hundred years. So wait, now it's been even, it's been 200 years and, you know, so I guess eventually you'd figure it out. Well, you would hope so. Otherwise you end up, <laughs> otherwise you end up one, one of those broke ass immortals. You ignorant. Going yeah, through, you should be. Going through. <laughs> Going to the soup line with holes in your socks. <laughs> you got that right. And your shoes from 1542. Yeah, yeah. Back when they really knew how to make a loafer. You got that right. Hey, that penny in the loafer went a long way at one point. All right, let's, let's move on to Jordan. She wants to know, Varla, how long have you been studying this type of work in this field? I've been pretty in in particular like the the world of like you know cryptids and magical creatures and fairy mythology and all of that since I was like a kid. So I probably like more serious seriously since I was a teenager and so that's 30 years aging myself there but it's true. Wow. I'm proud of it. You got yeah. th- you got 3 decades under your belt? Yeah, I've got more than three decades under my belt, but I got three decades of, you know, comprehensive folkloric reading. Yeah, I'm basically still the same person I was when I was. Sure you are. Sure you are. (laughs) Hey, I'm immortal. Figured it out. That's right. That's right. Blake would like to know, what would the Occam's razor say about the UFO phenomena in your mind? Or what would finding to dead... Or what would finding to dead birds look dead for a long time in your house at the foot of your room steps mean? Or what does decum mean? There's so many questions there. Can you help me? Okay, let's 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 start with um, what would finding dead birds in your house at the foot of your steps? I would think. Well, I mean, you might have a a cat that's leaving you gifts could be a shape-shifting cat. I don't know what decum means. And I'm not really, uh, can you take that first one? What would Occam's razor say about the UFO phenomenon? Oh, I thought you would like that. Yeah. I'm not really, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I'm, it's not really my area of expertise at all. The UFO you know, I you know what I think. I think UFOs are fairies. So <laughs> I'm not a great, I'm not a great, I'm kind of a one note gal here. <laughs> oh, you're killing me! You're killing me here. Here, I'm supposed they to rely on you. All right. Um, how would I explain that? I'm not a big Occam's razor kind of guy. You know. Hmm. Well, we can't have dead air. 
Okay, well, what does Daegu mean? No, I, 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 look, I don't know I what looked Daegu means. I looked up Daegu. Did you look that one up? Definition of Daegu. <laughs> Daegu. Let's see. Uh, Daegu meaning numerology is... Daegu meaning is, is... Hold on. Um, Numerology... Daekun name numerology is four, and here you can learn how to pronounce Daekun. Okay, we figured that out. I'm pretty sure I can uh, figure that out. What's the meaning? Numerology. I'm not really sure. I think I, I can kind of just go back to that first part of the question, which basically, I mean, like Occam's razor, like the, the simplest this is how you solve crimes, right? Like the most logical or simplest explanation is usually the correct one, right? So you apply that to the UFO phenomenon. I mean, that you can't I can't apply that to the UFO phenomenon because there are so many different schools of thought and so much more evidence now that has come out where it's you know, it's it's pretty clear that a lot more knowledge has been, um, you know, people have been being called crazy and and uh, conspiracy theorists. And, and, and then, you know, it's like, oh, oh we're just going to release these documents that very quietly prove that everything you've been saying for the last 50 years is totally true. So I don't really think like the simplest explanation we've been being lied to. That might be the simplest explanation. Maybe. You know, but hey, who's lying? I mean, you and I are telling the telling the best truth. What is know. truth? What is truth? You know, you know what what, you know, my favorite question to ask people online these days, because I, I can be a little bit of a of a shyster sometimes. I really like to bug people who are like, show me proof. And I ask him, I said, well, what is proof? Yeah, what is proof? If I show you a photograph, you're not going to believe it's real. If I show you a video, you're going to tell me it's CGI or quick editing. If I play audio for you, you're going to say you might have just voice tracked that and played it down. So realistically, what is proof? Right. Proof is experience. People have to experience it themselves. Or experience something similar and then be able to accept that someone else's account may be slightly different, but in the same category. And I think of that all the time with, you know, with the paranormal, which I think it's much more widely accepted to be able to talk about seeing, you know, a ghost than it is just, you know, Oh well, I, I saw a Sasquatch, or I spotted a mermaid in the in the water. But people do, and people do have those experiences. So um, yeah, I, I with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? 
You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think, you can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. What is proof? I mean, sometimes you can tell. People make stuff up all the time too. So you really don't have... I mean, we're literally talking about the unexplained, the paranormal. We're talking about unseen things. And anyone who tells you that they have proof, we're, we're talking about something that is unprovable. And that is the whole point, right? The whole point is that the, you, you sometimes you just have to accept it. You don't always have to have the hard evidence in front of you. We're so obsessed with hard evidence all the time. We're just obsessed with it. We're obsessed with getting the ghost caught on camera. But you can't capture on camera the way you feel when you walk into a room and you're, you know, every hair in the back of your neck stands up. You can't catch, you get somebody saying, oh, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. But you can't actually capture or quantify that. And, and, and we are obsessed with proving everything instead of just like listening and um and experiencing one of my favorite bits of advice i ever got and and i probably should do it again (laughs) because it's a really good bit of advice but it's for anyone who's ever trying to develop their own psychic abilities and it was given to me by a a wonderful psychic in which um that i knew who had moved to San Francisco from New Orleans. And he, and this was, keep in mind, this was back in the day before we all had cell phones and stuff. But he said that if you really want to hone your psychic abilities, you spend three days. He wasn't saying in a, you know, go on some six month retreat, spend three days. Don't read the newspaper. Don't watch television. Don't answer your phone. Three days, three days. Don't get on your computer. Three days and pay attention to the world around you. And see what you notice. And you will start developing your sixth sense in that way. Love it. Love it. Two more questions yeah. for you. We got three and a half minutes left. Nikki. <laughs> I uh, love this. <laughs> Nikki is wondering, how can you tell if somebody is an energy vampire and not just a miserable person? I think it's it's how you feel. So if you're just with a miserable person... I mean, it could be one and the same, but if you're just with a miserable person, right? Like we, we all have have our down days and we just, sometimes we just want to be able to complain and that's fine. It's a recurrence of that. And it's a feeling that you don't have the energy to do the basic things that you want to do. So you go home and you're exhausted and all you can do is go to sleep or you can just like stumble into the shower and stumble, stumble to bed. You literally don't have the energy to do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself because your energy has all been drained. But that is also kind of being around a miserable person all the time. Mm. So, yeah. Gotcha. Mm. Final question. Amy wants to know, please straighten this out for the chat. Varla are mummies zombies. (laughs) Is there a crossover? I, I, I love that this needs to be straightened out. Okay. Yes. Okay, so are mummies zombies? No, zombies are specifically the dead who have been um, uh, through the art of necromancy brought to to life in order to um, 
do their necromancers bidding. That is specifically what a zombie is. Um, mummies are something totally different. Mummies, mum, mummification is a process in which you preserve and, or, you know, prior to formaldehyde, it was how you embalmed bodies. And so a mummy and a zombie are totally different things. So yeah, absolutely different things. Now, perhaps a mummy could become a zombie if you were able to resurrect a mummy as, again, Lon Chaney would have us all believe. Or Bo sorry, Boris Karloff would have us all believe. But really, um, they're totally different things and they're from completely different cultures. I mean, not maybe not completely different cultures. You know, there's mummies from... Uh, around the world, the process of uh, embalming and sort of wrapping the dead is in, in a shroud is is common throughout the world. But um, zombie and zombie resurrection has its roots in um, uh, Haitian voodoo. Farther, where can people find your yeah. books? Wherever zombies are sold, <laughs> wherever, wherever books are sold. Um, yeah, all my books are available and in, 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 in your local independent bookstore, bookshop.org, amazon.com, all the places where books live, the library, you know, you can get my books there. I'm still in print. Right. I haven't gone out of print yet. Beautiful. So that's exciting. Beautiful. <laughs> well, you it's know something. what? We, we look forward to you meeting all our fans in Las Vegas at yeah. the second annual fan party at the Golden Nugget, May 19th through 21st. And before that, we will see you here next month on Spaced Out Radio. Much love to you, Excellent. my friend. Love you, Dave. Thanks Absolutely. for a great night. Always. Varla Ventura, everybody. VarlaVentura.net and Our Cryptid World here on Spaced Out Radio. She's one of our favorite regulars here. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then Robin McRae joins us. As we turn up the woo on the cryptid report, she fills in for Super Duke. Spaced Out Radio is hour number three, coming up next. Fantastic. That was great. That was Happy fun. 2023. Good stuff. I know I know it's the end of the month, but <clears throat> actually it's um it's it's February over here. Yeah, you're you're in the future. You're in the future. I'm still in the past. It's looking good. It's looking good. You got it's all right. right. You live the past. I will. You live your past. I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it up good. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Much I'll love. talk to you soon. Much love okay. to you. Bye-bye. All right. Good night. Good night. Father Ventura, everybody. I will be right back. And uh, no leaving. No leaving. Got lots of show left.
here's me. Here's my Spaced Out Radio cup that you can get on our website, spacedoutradio.com. It's a good cup. I want to remind all of you that I will be in San Francisco, California in March 17th through 19th for UFOCon 2023. It's put on by uh, Lorian Fenton. You can get your tickets at UFOCon2023.com. See some incredible speakers like Arena Scott, Ella LeBane, Sev Talk, Mark Glenn Moore, Barbara Eberhardt, Victoria Whitney, Melinda Leslie, John Ramirez, Science Bob will be there, Misha Johnson, I will be there as well, and some other special guests will be there as well. So you're definitely going to want to check it on out. Go to UFOCon2023.com. Come hang out with Dave. Come hang out with Dave. And if you can't make it there, join us in Las Vegas for our second annual SOR Fan Party, May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget. We're doing a live show. We're going to have a sky watch. We have a VIP party going on if you get VIP tickets with us. All of your special guests are going to be there that have been on this show. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. We want to see you all there. So if you can make it, we'd love to have you. And uh, go to info at spacedoutradio.com. Book your tickets today. Here we go, everyone. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Quadranamus. Quadranamus is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Well, it is that time once again. We're going to head to the swamp. Yeah, our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. 
Hello Swamp Dweller. I'm a big fan and I've always wanted to submit a story since I found your channel, but I never read anything long-winded or particularly horrifying enough to catch your eye. And to be honest, I'd hope I never would. But unfortunately, here we are, my friend. I won't use real names, but most of my closest friends call me Skunk. My girlfriend and I are a same-sex couple living in a village about 30,000 people deep, and this place is cursed on another level. Let me preface this by saying we are both witches who believe in the work of the supernatural, so being this shaken up is entirely new for me. We've had friendships and attempts at polyamorous relationships end seemingly out of nowhere the moment the other party has crossed the village line, and walking out of the town limit feels like seeing the sun for the first time in decades. Some of our supernaturally inclined friends say it's the mines from the locally found Herkimer Diamonds a type of clear quartz named after the village they're found in. For those who may not know, quartz is especially good at concentrating and expanding energy. Onto the story. This started long before we were even physically together when we were just long distance, but it's taken a turn these past few days. A curse six years in the making. It all started one day when I forgot to refill my insomnia medication. We had just healed a rough patch in our relationship and spent days being our absolute best with each other. We were cleaning the house as usual with me on trash duty and my girlfriend scrubbing away at the dishes. I found the bag I had put our medication in. Hers was there and mine wasn't. It hadn't even been 45 minutes since we left the pharmacy and it was still light out, so we retraced our steps from the front of the store all the way home along the exact route. Nobody in this town cares about litter, so I doubt someone will pick up stuff off the ground even if they did see it. But let's assume that's what happened, that somebody just picked it up or turned it into the police. This is where things take a turn either way. Now, I know our house is haunted. Ever since we moved here from public housing, there are pages upon pages I could write about some minor hauntings we've gone through. I'm sure there are two gentle spirits upstairs, a ghost dog in our kitchen, and a threatening dark energy in the basement. I know, cliche. Neither of us go down there because of it, and this thing is setting its sights on me, I can just feel it. My girlfriend heard a scream outside the night before last while watching the snowfall for the first time this season. She rushed inside, shocked that I didn't hear it. I was about to go onto the back porch to see if there was an animal or some sort of trespasser on the property as there had been before, but I couldn't even physically bring myself to open the door because it was so cold. So instead I looked through the small window above the kitchen sink. Here's where many people would say they saw a shadow, face, eyes, or something, but I saw absolutely nothing. What I felt, on the other hand, was absolutely unreal. I have almost died twice in my lifetime, but the dread and fear I felt at this moment were undoubtedly worse than either of those events combined. I swear in my life that this is not an exaggeration. I've often felt invisible eyes on me from the windows or the shadows of my home, but this was worse than any of those other times. Of course, the entire Tri-County area used to be indigenous lands, and it was finally winter, and there were plenty of woods around and the snowstorm was raging hard, so energy could definitely be all over the place, and that big W word I'm afraid to type out, aka Wendigo, could definitely be lurking around. But we quickly moved on from this, didn't want to think about it too much or conjure anything. Now, last night, however, was even creepier for me. It was now the third night without my medication, and sleep was becoming more and more elusive. 
As I managed to sneak in maybe an hour or two of sleep, I awoke to my girlfriend snoring three times louder than usual, and the heat was at least 15 degrees warmer. I was annoyed, so I shook her awake and asked her if she turned up the heat while I was sleeping, to which she replied she barely was at all conscious most of the night, so I don't think she did. At this point, it's 5 a.m., and as I'm writing this, I have chills all over my body. I'm afraid to look out the window, but wish me luck. Thanks for taking the time to share my story, Swamp Dweller, and I look forward to your next upload. And we love the Swamp Dweller around here. Thank you so much, Swampy, for another weird story. Swamp Dweller is here kicking off the show each third hour, Monday through Friday night, and we love it when he's here. If you love his stories and more, you want to hear more, you just go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can get it right there. Just hit subscribe. Super Uke, Super Uke, the Cryptid Report with Super Uke. Filling in for the vacationing Super Duke on the Cryptid Report, we have Robin McRae coming on in. And well, Robin, it's good to have you back here in 2023. How have you been? I'm good. It's so good to see you. I miss talking to you. I know, I know. I've just been so busy and everything's just been... I know, it's been crazy here as well, so I, I get it. How have you been? Like, how's the cryptids outside? How's your big feet around your house? They're actually doing really good. Um, they were kind of upset last week because one of the neighbors is plowing down a lot of trees over there. So they were, you know, huffing and puffing, but they didn't misbehave. They were fine for me. You know, I didn't have any problems. There was an older one that kept coming up to the fence at night, and he sounded awful, but he said he was fine. It was just because he was old. So I was like, okay. Told me to quit worrying about him because I kept asking if he needed any healing done to him, and I think it annoyed him <laughs> because I kept fucking him. But they're doing good. They're, you know, loud and proud like they always are. Now for people now for people who may not have ever listened to you, I mean there is some serious woo with you because you yeah. are you are a psychic intuitive and you have mm-hmm. you have the ability to communicate with Sasquatch. Right. Now that might be And the dogman and any cryptid. Yeah. How did you find out you had that gift? I actually didn't know that I didn't because it just was, oh, it happened even before I could talk. I just, I don't know a time that I didn't. So as I grew up, I just assumed everybody else could talk to all these things. You know, my first abduction by the ETs was I was four and I talked to them and then they would continually mind speak with me afterwards. And then, you know, the Bigfoot were there and the dogmen and the cat people and anything else that came through. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, it might have crossed your mind. Could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Like, maybe you have a spare bedroom where friends or family crash every once in a while. But when it's sitting empty, 
you could Airbnb it to help pay for some bills or, I don't know, something more fun. Either way, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I just didn't really know that that was something that not everybody did. And here you are, years later, communicating (laughs) with Sasquatch, hanging on out, you know, talking about everything from laundry days to what's baking in the oven. Yeah. Well, they're full of it. I, you know, I've got mini pigs and our garage is attached to the house and my mini pigs have never, they have no idea what precipitation is. They have a heater and an air conditioner out there and their beds and their toys and, you know, litter box and all that out there. And I was going out there to clean out their box where they go to the bathroom and I'm in the garage and all I can hear is something knocking on the garage door. So I'm thinking, okay, the UPS guy is here. I come out. There's nobody here. I wait and wait. Nobody's around. Nobody was at the neighbors. So I go back inside and I just, as soon as I get in there working again and they're knocking again, (laughs) I forget it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it gets crazy. Like we'll have a couple days where it'll die down a little bit, but honestly, even on the days that it's quiet, it's like, because mine speak, they don't have to be standing here to mine speak. You know, I still talk to the ones in Russia from when I did the conference there. And so, you know, either my husband, Pat, or I will hear from somebody and on, on every, and every day, you know, sometimes it's just a couple of them that pop in and other days it's like a bombardment. He got hold of me from work one day and he woke me up and he's like, you got to get up. And I said, it's eight o'clock in the morning. Nobody should be awake at eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, I realize most of the world is, but I don't fall asleep till four or five. I don't want to be awake at eight o'clock. And he's like, well, this one's hurt and this one's hurt and this one's hurt and they need healing and they can't get you to wake up. So you need to wake up. I'm like, okay, you got it. I don't even know how to put that. I, I, <laughs> I, I really, I really don't know how to put that. It just, yeah, I don't get days off. <laughs> you know, it is for a lot of areas in North America that time of the year where things start to thaw out. We're almost there. You know, the mm-hmm. southern states are starting to warm up, and and some of the Midwest states are starting to warm up as well. You know, a, as things start to thaw out, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, getting out there now. Is this the time to do it? Well, I think there's a misunderstanding that because the weather gets cold, they're not out. I have had just, I mean, I grew, was born and raised in Michigan. I would go out and walk in the woods, you know, and there would be snow on the ground and they would be cloaked and they would be walking right near me. And I'd watch footprints being made while I was walking, you know, and then I would have physical sightings of them in the days as well. When it gets really, really bad, then obviously they're going to go to a cave. They'll go underground, abandoned houses, you know, what have you. Some of them will go into a portal and go somewhere else where it's better. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good time. I mean, as spring comes on, gets closer, you're beginning to fall in spring. They're most active. And right now, they're active anyway. We are seeing a huge surge in the amount of activity and the amount of sightings that they're allowing people to see. And I say allow because if they don't want you to see them, you're not going to. There's a few accidents here and there, but not a lot. And, you know, there's more ET activity right now both good and bad. And there's more, you know, cat people are showing up all over the place. The dogmen are showing up all over the place. 
I don't have problems with the dogmen around me. I never have. I've gone places where they've had aggressive dogmen and I've talked with them. But any place I've ever lived, they don't bother me. I mean, I've got a werewolf across the driveway. And, you know, for the longest time, I didn't even realize that's what he was. He would just mind speak. And I got a look at him. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a little different. And my next door neighbor has seen the dogmen. She saw two of them walking across the field right past the end of her driveway. So, oh, wow. thanks, Steve. He's a doll. So, I mean, you know, it, it's just not been a problem. I do a lot of energy work around my property and on my property and stuff. And the good ones are really attracted to that. And I think that helps a lot. So we just, it, it stays pretty good. I mean, you know, we had, I think the worst we ever had, and it still is a problem now and then, are the kids. You know, the Bigfoot kids, they can get a little rowdy, and they don't do it to be obnoxious. They just get playing. They, they would get up on the roof, and they'd keep Pat and I awake all night long pounding up there. I mean, I literally went out in the middle of the night one night, and I'm out there using the mom voice, chewing them out. You know, <laughs> They finally quit. But they want in the garage to see the animals. I used to have kennels for my dogs out there, and, you know, the dogs didn't like it, so they are in the house, of course. But they would get in the garage and I would leave and the door would be down. I'd come back and somebody had kicked in the bottom of my door every single time. And you would see muddy footprints in there and you would see where they had gotten in there. And then all the kennels are open and the animals are running around like a freak show. But they, you know, they aren't doing it to try to be bad per se, but they don't realize how strong they are, you know, and they're typical kids. They want, you know, they may be five foot tall and be a child, and be able to bench press a car, but they're still a kid. Oh, very true. Very true. Uh, Blue Cruise has a question oh, for you. And he, sure. he is asking, have you met other psychics with similar abilities as yours? Um, I have. I think that everybody, it's kind of individualized the abilities that you get. But, yeah, I, I mean, I've worked with some that have abilities. I'm, not, I'm certainly not the only one, trust me. I mean, you know, I'm not any big deal. There's millions of people out there that can do what I do, I think. Um, but, yeah, I have met a few here and there. And it, what's nice is they may be able to do something I can't or I may have an ability that they don't. And so it's great to really work together. One of my dearest friends is telepathic as well as my husband. And it's like between the three of us, we do, we work for the Bigfoots. I mean, we, in the cryptids and we do various things for them. And um, we have a choice if we want to or not, obviously, but it works out great because there might be something I can do that they can't or something I can't that they can. So you end up coming together as a collective. Okay. So the fact that you have this ability and, and I have worked with you on my own area here in BC, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I and, and I've told you this, and I'll tell our audience, I was a little skeptical of it until mm -hmm. all of a sudden. And that's okay. Until all of a sudden Robin started saying things that were happening. <laughs> and then yeah. she said, be prepared. The big guy, I remember you saying this, the big guy is watching you. And you even said, I think you're going to see him very soon. And this was yeah. about a week before. And lo and behold, first weekend in October, there he is, the big 10-footer. Yeah. I'm still trying. Do you remember? 
Yeah, go ahead. Ask I'm sorry. Do you remember it was the, not this past Christmas, the year before Duke and you put together a show like a round table total up the end of the year. And do you remember you made a comment about somebody moved the, something on your, by your computer, the wires of your computer. And when we went to break, I said, Dave, this foot is like in my head going on about the window. And I had no idea what all was in your office. I, I had no clue. And he kept describing this window and I described the window to you and you turned white, like the color of milk. I thought you were going to pass out on me and you turned around and you moved the flag and there's a window back there. Yes. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, that was crazy because he wouldn't stop. And I was like, you're going to make me look like an idiot on air. You know, he was just driving me nuts. <laughs> Lo and behold, there's a window. I love it. I love he wants it. to know too when you're coming back. Okay. Where have you been? Because you, when was the last time you were up there? Because he says he wants to know the one that you saw wants to know when you're coming back. Uh, you can tell him when the snow melts and we can get vehicles in there. That's when we will come back. So I'm hoping. Okay, because he said. I'm hoping. April. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He um he because he acts like he hasn't seen you in a while. Okay. Let, what let, did you give him for food? Because he wants whatever you must have left food somewhere, or he took he took food somewhere from you. Well, unless he walked into my vehicle while we were in the trees, maybe it's some, possible. I don't know. He said to maybe, tell you to bring the food back. Maybe the sunflower seeds, because we eat a lot. Of maybe he didn't seeds. say. He just said to tell you to bring the food back. Oh. He can see why you like it. Oh, okay. One night when we were there, uh, we were just sitting around, and we uh, there was about six of us there. We were sitting around in lawn <laughs> chairs, and uh, and we were uh, we were uh, uh, we had Smokies. That's probably what he's talking about because he said it was really good. He hadn't had it before, and he wants you to bring some back. Well, the smell was fantastic. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, he said bring back the food. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot more in that area this year, a lot more. Uh, we're probably going to be bringing a couple of RV trailers up there and just making, yeah. making sure that uh, that we are there through uh like we have to investigate more there okay i want to be yeah. i want to be there at you know 2 30 in the morning when all of a sudden yeah you know that something starts shaking or or rattling you know what i'm saying I, I yeah oh yeah i want to i want to be there for that but i do have a, a story i want to share with you is we got about two and a half minutes, and we'll get back to this guy because we're not done with him yet, okay? And we do have some audience questions starting to build up here for you. But I actually had some, some, you know, I work two jobs. My daytime clients asked me to come down to their, uh, their lodge that they have just outside of Kelowna, British Columbia, where when they opened May 1st last year, and they'll open May 1st again this year. Around June, July, they had six of their clients have Sasquatch encounters on their property. 
<laughs> so they came back specifically to talk to me because they knew yeah. I, w- I was in it. And I remember they're like, hey, are you, are you still into finding monsters and Bigfoot? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and they're like, would you come to our our lodge? And I said, why? They told the stories that people were finding footprints. They were hearing roars and screams that were really weird. One couple even mm-hmm. stayed in the lodge one night. And as they were going to bed, the the wife looks out the window and there is this giant head with beady red eyes staring back at her. Now, the Yeah. And go ahead. No, I was going to say the thing about the red eyes, um, you know, their eyes, it's kind of like a mood ring as far as how you read it. And it can mean that they're mad, but it can also mean that they're scared. Unfortunately, you know, you've got to go by how you read their energy as to which one it is. But so just because it's red doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Right. Well, these people are absolutely praying that we can find some Sasquatch on their property because they literally want to sell, you know, use it as a tourist attraction that, hey, we're getting this activity Mm -hmm. around here. And the funny part about it was. They were cleaning out behind one of the sheds one day, getting everything organized in the fall before the winter, and they were moving a bunch of wood. And lying on the ground behind all the wood was a six-foot carving of a Sasquatch. That's amazing. Yeah. They, they're really artistic. They used to do tree drawings for me. Um, and then they would take rocks and they would do scrapes. I don't know what they used to do it, and they would draw on the rocks. So it's amazing what they can do. It is. It's absolutely amazing. And you know what, Robin, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we have Robin McRae till the top of the hour here on Spaced Out Radio filling in for Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio on the Cryptid Report tonight. More questions about Sasquatch. We'll get to some audience questions as well. And telepathically, what is my Sasquatch guy saying to Robin? We'll be right back on Spaced Out Radio for the final half hour. Stay tuned. We're clear. Uh, you're going to end up being as bad as Duke where they're going to give you a shopping list every time you go. <laughs> Psychic Nikki from Seattle is asking, who is over your shoulder? <clears throat> uh, what they're seeing, there's a shadow over my shoulder. Um, that's because I'm actually on my porch because it's kind of raining and I didn't want to do this in the house because it wakes all the dogs up. But I also have off my left side, I have got one that's cloaked that's been slowly coming up on the side. And then on the right side, I've got two that are standing over by the garage. Is it possible they're coming back there? Yeah. So far, their energy isn't strong enough to really feel that they're back there. But that's why it looks like a shadow. I have um, on my right side, I also have a cat tree because we have a thousand feral cats around here. And this particular cat tree has a little place they can go into sleep. So I put it on the porch for them. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Did you get a close-up earlier of uh, my beautiful Sasquatch head carving? It's phenomenal. That is absolutely tremendous. He did an amazing job. Oh, the Michael Leger did an incredible job. 
It's amazing and so lifelike. I love it. Oh, it's it's heavy too. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. The detail that he went in for that. Oh, it's above and beyond. It, it is one of the better ones that I've seen. It really is. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just feel that it is actually looking at me. Like, there's actually yeah. some, something in this that's looking at me. Powerful. Very, yeah, very it powerful. Is. I mean, it really is. I mean, you could sit there and look at it and almost get lost into looking at it. I know. Man. He just did a tremendous job. Just so Just talented. incredible. So talented. He really is. It's just wonderful. Yeah, that is just wow. <clears throat> I am still stunned by it. Yeah, it's it's just tremendous. It really is. I was watching it when we were talking earlier too. Oh. Yeah, they're outside tonight. They've been moving around in the bushes and stuff. They do that when I come out here. Every time I talk to you, they get out here, and I can hear them moving in the bushes. And every now and then, I'll see an arm or a leg or something, or I'll see where a head's at. And normally by now, the possum, well, I have a possum out here, and I never touch him. But he comes up, and he'll walk around on the porch when I'm out here doing this show. He hasn't showed up either, and it's probably because they're out there. Michael Leger, who made the Sasquatch and the gnome right beside says, I made him loving and wise. Mike, you can, I'll tell you right now, Mike, uh, you can totally feel the energy off of it. Oh, and it's totally one, it does, and it feels wonderful. It feels like nothing but love. It's just fantastic. You did an extraordinary job. Yeah. Like, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's, wow. What I like about it is it doesn't feel like all these <clears throat> generic ones that you see. That one has a personality. You can tell that there was love put in it. You can tell it's an individual. It's not just like a replica of a thousand of them. It's just wonderful. Uh, Michael says he's watching over you, Dave. Yeah, I, I can feel <laughs> Michael, uh, you know what? Yep. You have no idea how much sense that makes. You have no yeah. idea how much it's sense just that incredible. makes. I love it. <clears throat> the energy is amazing. You can feel it. It just feels like love out of it. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I feel I feel more of the wiseness, like like yeah. like, like it's it's. Almost, it reminds me of an older. Like I I'm almost. It almost feels like I'm supposed to take him out with me. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> they when they you know, I've had a couple people that have taken like the stuffed Sasquatch out and taken the statues, and they don't understand it. And they tend to view them as another one from another clan coming in. And that one looks really lifelike, so I would be careful. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if but I it's will. Incredible. But it, it's all it's it's very cool. It's yeah, very Yeah, it's very like cool. he's guarding you. Yeah. It reminds me of an elder and he's just kind of keeping an eye on you to protect you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to say a big thank you to our super chatters tonight. Louie times two, D. Cohen, Blake, Lara, Rob, Kira, Nightwatch, Margie, Mike, Ant-Man, Deb, Blue Cruise, Thomas, Maddie, Molly, Amy, Steve, and Susie. Thank you so much for the love tonight, guys. Very much appreciate it. 
Very much so. And uh, let's see you all in San Francisco at UFOCon2023.com. You can get the tickets there, and we'll see you all in Vegas as well. Here we go. Rounded third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for the love and your listening ears. We very much appreciate it. Want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It's the Cryptid Report happening till the top of the hour. Filling in for a vacationing Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is psychic and researcher Robin McRae. Robin, welcome back. Thank you. I got to ask you about my guy. My Sasquatch okay. guy. Okay. Because you were asking, he had a message. You know, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? Yeah. How long is it going to take us before we get to see him again? I don't think you're going to wait as long as you did the last time. I think what's going to be the issue is when you come back with more people than what you had before, because then you have that adjustment again, and that might slow it down a little bit. But I feel like he's going to be close by, even if you're not getting a visual sighting. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, when you're staying at an Airbnb, chances are you've wondered, could my place be an Airbnb? And if it could, what could it earn? You might not realize it, but you could be sitting in an Airbnb right now. Like some people Airbnb their whole house when they're away visiting family or really on any sort of trip. Just think. You can make enough money to cover plane tickets or some of that trip. Find out how much your home could be earning at airbnb.com slash host. You might hear movement. You might hear something. But it will take him a while because he's going to have to get, you know, resituated. They It is instilled in their brain from the time they are young to not trust anything. Anything could be a trap. So when you bring another person in, even though that per- they can read that person and know if they're going to be safe or not. But at the same time, it does take them a little bit of time. So I don't feel like you're going to have to wait, you know, as long as you did for the last sighting. But you'll get some activity, I would think, within a couple, two or three times after you're out there. It'll just take them a while to get used to the extra people. Hi, Ferret. Now, I do have to ask you, I have two other areas that not near there, but in a different zone, so northeast of me, that people have had encounters including one logging company the logging company Mm -hmm. one just 
There's something eerie about that one. Doesn't feel safe. It's not. It's not. And the reason it's not ever going to be safe, you're talking about when logging companies come in, okay, they may do that for the better of our people. However, that's not for the better of the forest people. They're automatically hated. They will mess with their equipment. They will destroy things. They will throw rocks. They will throw hizzy fit. You know, you seldom see where they're going to get physical with someone, but throw things at them, mess with their equipment. That seems to be a typical MO for them because they try to persuade them not to be there. Right. And that's why you end up getting that weird feeling because they're not happy. Right. They're, they're absolutely not happy about it. So if we go in there and investigate and we tell them, look, we apologize for what the loggers did, but you know, we're here to make peace with you and make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. Would that calm things down? It honestly depends on the individuals that are there and how upset they are. You want to make sure that you're not there at the same day that the loggers are there because you don't want them to associate you with those loggers because they're not going to believe you. They just simply are not going to believe you. So you can go in there like on a time when the loggers aren't around and, you know, do like peace talks, which is kind of what I'm going to be doing in North Carolina this weekend um, and kind of do peace talks. And, you know, say, listen, we're sorry. This isn't, you know, what we wanted to have happen. But, you know, maybe just give them some space and, and let them do what they're going to do. And, again, it comes down to the individual. They are just in as, as individualized as our people are. Right. And whether or not there's any acceptance there. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's going to be interesting because most of our time will be spent out at the original area. You mm-hmm. know, do you think whatever was negative out there last year that scared us away, do you think that will be back? No, I think that, do I believe in my heart that it comes and goes? Yes. I don't necessarily, it's not looking for you. Okay. I know what it is. It's not looking for you. It's just ETs. That's all it is. And they aren't there because of you. There's something in the soil there. There's something in the land there. Usually you find heavily populated ET areas. They're either looking for a certain person. Like, you know, that's why we get them above the house here all the time and showing up in the house. But in your case, they're not looking for you. They're looking for what's in the soil. They tend to do a lot of mining in the soil. They look for the ley lines. They look for the soil. And them going in that area, they were looking for something, and it wasn't you. It just happened to be, you know, the luck that came down on you that they were there when you were there. Right. Right. Yeah, that was that was creepy that night. Absolutely yep. creepy. Yeah, you know, some of them, you can get someone that are pretty nice and they're easy to deal with. And, you know, we had one that showed up. My daughter and I were home alone and it was belting. This was several years ago and there was one. And he just looked like this little blob thing, you know, kind of like a miniature Pillsbury Doughboy without the hat. And he was just as sweet as can be. You know, my daughter was frightened at first, but then she was all right because he didn't try to do anything. But then you get the other ones and they're not so nice. And, you, you know, unless you know how to read the energy of what's coming at you, it's hard to really tell. Oh, very, very much so. Let's get to some audience questions here. And let's start off with Jordan. If you could turn off the gift sometime, would you? 
or not, and why? I actually, this is something that I haven't told a lot of people. Um, I actually did at one point in my life, I'm 58 right now, and I was probably in my early 30s at the time, and I get premonitions of things that have either already happened or they're going to happen, and I actually got a premonition of a little boy that was murdered by his dad. And I felt all the fear that the little boy did. I felt when he died, his dad choked him to death. This was back before computers. Okay. And so, yeah, everybody got the newspaper every day. So I watched this. That absolutely horrified me because there was nothing I could do. I didn't know where it was. I saw the area. I knew what the area looked like, but I didn't know the location, you know, and to call the police, who's going to listen to you. And so um, the next day in the paper, it was on the front page that they couldn't find this little boy. And it was the same little boy that I saw. And I was like, I don't even know who am I supposed to call to say, you know, what this field looked like. The dad did it, all that. Two days later, they found him, and it was exactly how it was in my vision. At that point, I simply shut everything down. I was like, I don't know why I have this gift, but if I'm going to have to watch a child die, I can't. I just, I can't, you know. And so I quit talking to the Bigfoots. I quit talking to all the cryptids and, you know, the good ETs and everything. And I just shut it down and they would continue to talk to me. And I was just basically unresponsive or if I responded, it was very little. And I didn't pay attention to the premonitions, which FYI for anybody that gets them, you have to follow them and follow them out because if you don't, it's a disaster. And about two years after this happened, a friend of mine's ex-husband had stolen her children and the police couldn't find them. And she went up to me and she said, listen, I get it. I get why you don't want to do this, but I want my kids back and nobody can find my kids. She said, I need you to do this. And then if you want to go quiet again, go quiet, but I got to have my kids back. And I did find her children. They were in Germany and she contacted, she had been to Germany at one point in their marriage and she called there and, and the lady said, yeah, the kids had been there, but they left. And so she was just frantic and I had a vision and it said the, the name of the street it showed the trailer that they were in, the trailer number and everything. And I told it to her and she said, oh, my God, that's his mom's place. She moved there about two years ago. And we called the police and she got her kids back. And at oh. that point, it was like, okay, so apparently something good comes out of it. So, yeah, so I did. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's very difficult. And even when I did shut it down, they kept talking to me anyway and coaxing me and saying, you know, we need to talk to you and we need you to do this and we need you to do that. And, you know, I would talk to them, but not nearly like it. Now I do it like, you know, you would talk to your best friend on the phone every single day. This goes on all day. It goes on all night. And I just, I did. I just tried to shut the whole thing down. You can never completely 100% shut it down, but I don't advise it. You know, for people that have this gift or this ability you have your abilities and your gifts for a reason and you have to be true to yourself and follow through with the reason that you have it. You know, I mean, there's, it's not by chance that you have it. Right on. Let's go to another question. This one comes from Joe. Do the beings that use portals know where all the portals are? Do they share portals? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, they do. Well, they, they will share them. The thing is, there's more than one kind of portal. There's one that's anchored, which means it's not going anywhere. It's just there all the time. We have one that's anchored that's across from my driveway. There's also the portable ones, which sounds really crazy, but it's been 
actually documented, you know, even over in Russia, um, where they can simply wave a hand and open the ground up and go into a portal. I had one on part of my road, the road is cut through a rock wall and one ran down the side of the rock wall, ran across the road in front of my car and he just, it opened up in this other half of the rock wall and he went in it and then it closed right up. So, yeah, I mean, you have some that it, it, think of an expressway. Okay. When you're on the expressway, thousands of people are driving in and out of it. Do they have some that are privately theirs? Yeah. You know, like if I, a lot of them, they'll call, get hold of me and want me to open a roof for them. And when I open a roof, it's, they go in it and then I close it right behind them. So nothing else is going on. It doesn't stay open. Portals are basically the same way. You know, you open and close your portals with energy. Um, I've done it multiple times for them. Some stay open and some, you know, certain ones have to open. And then again, like I said, they have their own way of opening them up randomly wherever they're at. Very cool. Very cool. Let's go to another question here. This one from Blake. Have they ever mimicked human <laughs> voices, Robin? Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah. it's it's It can get really bad. They can imitate any voice. And years ago, um, I was, before my current husband, I was married. And he had went out in the woods and he was going to go deer hunting. And we had 10 acres. When he would go out and hunt, I would let all the forest people know, don't go back there. You guys and the kids, I'll stay in the front woods. He's going to stay in the back. So he went back there and was waiting on the deer to come in. And finally he came in the house and he was so angry with me. And I said, what is wrong with you? And he said, you know, that was really rotten of you to go out there and start talking to me out in the woods and hollering to me in the woods and scaring the deer off. And I said, I never left the house. And the kids told him the same thing. And he said, I've known you for 15 years. I know exactly what your voice sounds like. And then we started noticing that they would imitate other people's voices that we knew. So we put a rule in effect at my home with my children that if somebody calls you into the woods, if somebody calls you anywhere, unless you physically see me or whoever's, you know, that voice sounds like you do not go, you're not going to get grounded. You're not going to get in trouble. But unless you have a visual of that person, you do not go because they can imitate absolutely anything. I don't care what it is. They can imitate it and they can match the voices to perfection. The ETs can't. I will tell you that ETs cannot match the voices. They suck at it. But the Bigfoot, absolutely. Still strange to me how they're able to do that. <laughs> Still strange to me. And yeah. final question from Joe. Dave, you once went to Tim Hortons to get donuts for the aliens. Have you brought <laughs> Bigfoot donuts? Uh, no, I'm trying to be more healthier. Trying to be a little <laughs> bit more healthier. So I'm not getting donuts for the Bigfoot. Not getting donuts. They love blueberry bagels. Blueberry bagels are a big thing. Before I went to the conference in Russia, I didn't know any researchers. I didn't know anybody in this field. I was just living my life with them like I had all my life. And I used to give them blueberry bagels. And they were obsessed with them. I could not get enough blueberry bagels. I would buy out the store every time they got them in. And... When Igor met me, Igor Borstov, and wanted me to go to the conference, he wanted me to talk about it at the conference. So I came back from the conference. I had no idea how much press was going to be there. And everybody called me the blueberry bagel girl. And I still get that today because they love it because of the blueberries in it. 
Right on. See, I, I'm just fearful of bringing food into my spot, okay, because there are so many other animals in that area. Oh, yeah. So it's very difficult for me to to all of a sudden say, hey, this is this is something smart. Yeah. This is something smart that we should be doing, right? Well, and you're doing really good because you're doing a gift exchange with them anyway. So you're bringing them something. You know, the feathers, the marbles, the beads, they're obsessed with that little blue car that you had out there. You know, those kinds of things work really good. Just you don't want to put a lot down at one time because they do get overstimulated very easily. When they are doing their own thing and they're working as a clan, they have the patience of Job and they don't get overstimulated. But when they have to blend in with our people, they do get overstimulated extremely easy. So if you leave out gifts for them, and you're leaving out like five, six, seven gifts, it overwhelms them because now they're waiting to see which one of those is going to be the trap. Where if you leave one or two, it takes them a little bit to accept it, but then they're okay. You know, so when you first start working with them, you have to really limit the amount when you have, you know, like the toys or the beads or the white rocks or whatever, because they, they're always looking at everything as a trap. Everything is a concern. Even the simplest of things they think is a trap. What's with the skittish attitude like that? It's inbred in them. Our people have done nothing but try to kill them. They have been hunted. It's And it's not from other cryptids. The fear comes from us. The, the truth is they could take us out in a heartbeat if they wanted to. There's nothing we could do to stop them. And they don't. They don't choose to. But our people tend to want to kill what they don't understand. And if they don't understand them, they want to hunt them. And now the big thing is, oh, we got to get a body on the slab and we're going to prove it. You know, I hate to, you know, burst anybody's bubble, but we've already had the bodies. We've already done the DNA analysis. The Sasquatch Genome Project was legit. The Bigfoot told me what the results were before the, that project ever hit and it matched. You know, I mean, you don't have to have a body to prove this. It's already been proven. And there was a, a gentleman that is, he's deceased now, but he did his own testing and it came up the same as Melba's. So, I mean, there's been other people as well. In fact, Duke sent me an article about um, a gentleman that found a tooth. It was a year old and it came out with human DNA as well. We don't have to kill them. I understand if something is trying to kill you in defense, if one of our people tried to kill you, you would protect yourself and, and your family any way you had to. That's sensible. That makes sense. But we tend to kill what we don't understand. And because not everybody understands them, they're going to go kill them. And then everybody's going to have the answers. Nobody's going to have the answers. And when you do kill these things, it's not over the way you think it is. They work as a collective. They're all, they're, through their higher consciousness, they're all attuned to each other. You will be hunted, you will be harassed, and they will play with your mind for the rest of your life, and they will do that through your family because in their culture, it's an eye for an eye. You just took one of their people, which is a major thing for them because they work as a collective and through a consciousness. So now you've taken that, so they're going to do the same to you. It's just not that easy, and you bring one down, and there's already 100 that know about it. You know, and for what? Because the government's going to take the body anyway. And what you think you're going to do to prove that they exist, it will never happen. Because the government will come in, you'll get shut up, and they will take the body every time. 
if the Bigfoots don't get it back, they actually do a funeral, a burial, four days of silence, the whole shebang. And if they can get that body before the government will, they will. Incredible. Incredible. We got two minutes to go with you here. And, you know, I might be sounding a little selfish here, but uh, when (laughs) does that big guy want me back? He keeps saying three weeks. I don't understand how his time thing, their time is different than ours. It actually is a much longer period, but he keeps going in three and three and three. And I said, in three weeks, he said in three, in three, then he hasn't seen if it's days, weeks or months. Three months would be perfect. But maybe it's not. He's not saying. He's just saying, tell him in three. Be there in three. I won't be there in three. He said, I will be there watching. I will be there watching. Yeah. We got a bunch of. Is he going to be upset that we got a bunch of uh, new flashlights now? That will set them off for a while. So what you need to do is when you go in there, before you even start to use them, they're going to be able to tell you have them because they're going to scan you. They're going to know what you have. But it pulls weight with them if you go to them and say, hey, this is what I have on my person, whether it's a gun, whether it's a knife, whether it's a flashlight. I have this, but it's for this reason. It's not to be used on you and your people. It is to be used for me for this reason. And that actually pulls more weight with them than if you don't tell them. Because they're going to find out anyway. And it's one of these things where if they're reading it on you and you're staying silent about it, then they have reason to doubt your intentions. If they're reading it on you and you you come forth with the information, then they're like, oh, okay, they're not hiding anything. You know, they you don't want to show it up in their faces? Keep it on the ground. You know, face the ground so you're not falling or tripping or keep it low at the base of the trees. You don't, you know, putting it in their face is just a red flag for them. Not only does it hurt their eyes, just like it does us, but it, it scares them. Robin, where can people find your research? Do you know what? <laughs> Find it on World Bigfoot Radio, I guess. Um, I, I I swore I'd never do this, but I'm writing a book. It will get done, hopefully, before the Nebraska Bigfoot Conference, which is in um, April on the 21st and 22nd. In fact, Duke will be there. William Lunsford will be there. Stephen Hill will be there. Keith Crabtree will be there. And so we're really excited about that. Christy's going to come and help us out, Christy Sci-Fi. Um, if you have questions for me or anything like that, or you need help, you can always get me at my email, which is L-Y-N-N-E, and then a period, and then F-O-R-E-S-T-P-E-O-P-L-E at gmail.com. But I am, you know, I've been, people have been on me for like eight or nine years now to do this book. So we'll see. Well, we love you, Robin, and we'll get to talk to you, no, I love you too. very, very soon. Thank you so much for tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn. Space Travelers Club and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. 
Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Over 100,000 people across the U.S., most of whom are of African descent, battle sickle cell disease, a condition that can cause life-threatening complications. But you can help. Donating blood with the American Red Cross helps support sickle cell patients, some of whom may require up to 100 units of blood each year to manage the condition. Join the Red Cross as they work to grow the number of blood donors who are black. Make your appointment to donate today at redcrossblood.org slash ourblood, because our blood saves lives.